Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What is up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast, and maybe I dare say a special episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast featuring none other than our very own MotoGP superstar, Jack Miller. Uh, this has been one that I have been excited to do for a while, and we've actually we sort of tried to do it a while ago, and I'm glad that it didn't happen because. I guess it's one of the reasons why I don't really like to just push the whole guest thing anyway. I feel like the good ones are going to happen when they happen. Uh, and the whole Jack Miller thing is really, I guess, like come into perfect timing. Uh, he started working with my brother at Alpine Group uh, with some of his Australian management stuff, um, which sort of saw Jack kind of floating around our crew a little bit more. Uh, and then recently we've just actually spent like a bunch of time together as mates hanging out. Uh, we did the Melbourne supercross thing. Then we did the, um, the flat track and then he flew up for, uh, our Alpine group gypsy tales Christmas party. Uh, and that is when we recorded this podcast. So, uh, I wanted it to happen a while ago, just based on Jack and the success that he's had in MotoGP and a lot of people wanting to hear that podcast, but I'm glad it happened when it did. Um, because, yeah, we just got to spend a bunch of really rad time together of late. Uh, just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors that keep the lights on in our fancy new studio. Uh, just got to give a shout out to the guys at Cricks Tweed. Uh, we teamed up uh, last month, I guess, was when we sort of started our whole deal. And uh, I've just got that new Triton and it's the first new car I've ever got which is pretty rad and I've been driving around the Vito for a while and I don't know I just feel like as a moto dude you just get so used to driving around a van and uh, all the good and the bad that comes with that and man I just can't tell you how nice it is to have like an actual nice new car Uh, I've been loving the Triton Uh, I'm excited to do some trips we've got some really really sick trips planned uh, and that is just going to help facilitate it like I said on the last podcast those guys are just stoked to help out uh, and want to get involved in the motocross industry we've got some cool stuff coming with them in 2020 Um, but yeah if you are in the market for a new Triton or any new car uh, they do Mitsubishi they do Renault they do Subaru and they do Sanyong down there at their Tweed Heads dealership. So just hit up Kyle uh, and 
he'll get you into he'll get you into something he'll get you into something solid uh also got to give a big shout out to the guys at rival inc design co um the boys are just lords uh speaking of jack miller they came to the rescue uh with some uh with some numbers uh printed on his jersey for the flat track event that we did in north brisbane a couple weeks ago uh just super reliable the best product in australia for mine um and i've been doing a little bit more riding so i've been stoked to uh to see my Gypsy Tales kit on uh, on old big Ronda, uh, you can actually head to rivalinkdesignco.com, pump in the it, pump in far out, pump in the promo code Gypsy Tales or Gypsy Gang. That's going to give you fifteen percent on on checkout, uh, and you can actually buy your very own Gypsy Tales graphics kit if you want to uh, support rep the gang. You know what I'm saying? Uh, also, got to give a shout out to the legends at mxstore.com.au. Uh, basically, they are your one-stop shop for bike parts, bike accessories, riding gear, protection tools, uh, and they've even got lifestyle clothing there as well. They have over 11 and a half thousand bike parts uh, and over a thousand uh, bike accessories on their online store, or you could just roll into their new headquarters right here in Burley, the place to be. Um, so yeah, just want to give a shout out to those guys. Also the guys at Nobby Underwear, you can head to nobby.com and start your subscription to the Nobby Nation for just $20 a month. And also the legends at Boost Mobile. Uh, just want to just again say a big thank you to Jack. I'm so glad we made this happen. The dude has become one of my favorite humans walking this green earth of ours. Uh, you just don't get a more down to earth dude. You, I've been around a lot of guys that have gone through what Jack's gone through, uh, and they don't necessarily change for the worse, but they just they change. And you can just tell Jack is he's never changed. The money, the success. Nothing has changed him. He's still just a lad from Townsville, um, the city in North Queensland, second best to Cairns. Um, so I've got you know a bit of kinship there with him, I guess. Um, but yeah, just a super down to earth, super humble guy. So much fun to be around. Um, is always looking to get into a little bit of strife here and there. Um, but yeah, this is a really cool podcast. Um, it's just two mates hanging out, and I. I hope you guys enjoy it uh, as much as as we did uh, to bring this podcast to you. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas to everybody. uh, And I'm very excited about everything that we've got coming in 2020. Uh, Gypsy gang, son. Jack Miller, everybody. Finally made it. I know. I'm excited. It's not really finally. I think... Does it feel like a long time? Kind of feels well, like... I remember chatting to you a few years ago when you were road tripping up and we just never seemed to... Yeah. Well, me being as useless as I am on the telephone, it's just uh, kind of hard to book an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's all good. We're fucking here now. We've made it. Cheers, bro. Cheers to that. I'm excited. We're... Uh, so this is... This is a special day, not just because Jack Miller's on the podcast. It's a special day because it is the Alpine Group slash Gypsy Tales Christmas party. We have uh, Franco joining us for this one as well, the great man himself. Man himself. Um, so we're just trying to hook into this podcast because there are festivities. Festivities. To be had. It's Christmas, you know. That's what we're. That's what we're here for. <laughs> did you celebrate? Find, did you find a bike? I've actually found a couple on the internet, and the problem. Well, I had one lined up, and it was like a one ten like 600 bucks 2015 model i was like what? stoked on it 
all done deal last night land off the plane this morning and i'm like uh you know can i come around and grab the bike oh bike sold rah, rah. oh what you're kidding so now i got another there's a jr80 in Galco somewhere uh, the people do keep ringing me that's why I didn't ask you before because oh. I thought it was people but I was out doing shit and I didn't really want to talk to them so I was <laughs> did like, they know oh. it was you? nah oh okay that's good then generally like we do it quite often at home we buy cars on Facebook <laughs> Marketplace but I generally always make Franco message them oi man there's a good one on there get on there quick <laughs> yeah. and get him to message them so so that it doesn't look dodgy if I'm doing it I feel like you could get like a special Jack Miller price though mm that hasn't really worked just yet but i'm it, hoping if work. we keep if we keep working at it you know then i should be able to get some deals off marketplace what'd you put in that thing just red bull baby <laughs> um so what was the what was the thinking behind like you had me and maddie in stitches last night what was the thinking <laughs> behind uh buying a bike for this evening well maddie said about burnouts and he's like oh we need to organize bikes I told Frank this when we were driving here. I'm like, man, listen, we may have to stop at somebody's house on the way. And he's like, what, what, what do you mean? I'm like, uh, I rung Maddie and the boys last night. I'm like, hey, is it okay if I BYO motorbike? Dude, I literally went full out last night. <laughs> and I booked, uh, I got my rental car. Uh, I got a 12-seater high ace and then I got to the airport this morning. I'm thinking, I can't be picking up a 12-seater high ace. So I said, I'll just get, like I said, He's like, yeah. I said, have I got the high ace booked? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I accidentally pressed the wrong button. Can I get a smaller car? <laughs> I'm like, no, no need to. It was me and Frank going to be driving around in a 12-seater high ace. Literally, windows all the way around look like a uh, like a glass house. So I didn't quite need that. And plus, Frank's not allowed in vans anymore, especially close to schools. <laughs> <laughs> so your line the other day, which I thought was pretty special, was... Man, I love burnouts. I haven't done by myself. <laughs> yeah, I've done burnouts by myself. I mean, you're not a true burnout fan unless you do it by yourself. And then I think we come on the Summonats thing, right? Yeah, I know. And then we talked about Summonats. Is that still a possibility? I think we need to book it in. I reckon. If you're down, like... I, I think so. I think it's something we all need to experience. I feel like it's like a once. bucket list it thing, is. Eh? It is, for sure. I mean, we've done the flat track. We've done Supercross. And then we've done the flat track. Now we're doing the warehouse Christmas party. That'll I feel just, like the only just cap thing, it off. Yeah, I feel like that's like the natural well, progression. Well, was it like the 4th of January or something like that? Yeah, it's like the yeah 4th and 5th or something in January. We got that. Easy. <laughs> Motorhome. Maybe a 12-seater high ace. 12-seater high ace, <laughs> you never know. We might even buy something to take there on the way. Dude, that would be the funnest shit ever. Like, just the whole time, just sit on Marketplace the whole time. That's it. There. That's all I do is just get on that Facebook Marketplace and go through all the pieces of crap on there and see what you can get. What's your th- like? What's your best Marketplace buy so far? i got a couple at home at the moment. The old girl's a bit off me. i got two of them sitting in the paddock. One's gone. I got a Subaru WRX. What? Yeah, got it heaps cheap. I don't know. <laughs> wait, we wait. were messaging the bloke, and Let's we're like, "How it. hot is this thing?" And he's like, "What do you mean? It's a it's a good car." Like he couldn't get it. He did not get the thing. But my biggest thing is I just jump in them and drive mine. Yeah. <laughs> I had to quit on that one halfway home because as soon as I hit the highway, the lights went out. All the dash lights, everything went out. What? So I'm going through the back roads, like through the bush behind the house. <laughs> And there's like a bushfire and I had to drive through a bushfire and then the fireys are rocking up. I'm thinking, man, I just need to boost it and get home I'm ASAP because the cops are coming WRX. here. Yes, yeah, so I am in a hot car <laughs> going through the bush. Doesn't look sus at all. And then we like, we put the plates, we searched what the plates were, um, 
I can't remember exactly what they were off, but they weren't off that car. Oh, so it's just full dodgy. I. Mm, That's not on you, bro. It's not on me, man. I'm just uh, the receiver of stolen goods, right? I mean, it's, it's not really a crime. Nah, but um, I got that, and then we got the best one we had is AU Falcons. Really? Yeah. We had one last year eh? because we did. Uh, it's actually this weekend, so I've sacrificed the demolition derby this weekend. Oh, to really? Come down to come here. down here. Normally, it's on Christmas Eve, like the night before Christmas. Yeah. And like it's in um, where's where, that? It's, it's near Home Hill. It's just the other side of Home Hill. You know Home Hill? Yeah, yeah. In the cane paddocks. But then I, I don't know if people have seen my stories, but it is nuts. It's really? like you're driving through the cane paddocks, literally. Like last couple of years, we rented a coaster bus <laughs> and it just filled it full of eskies. And last year, we entered the AU um, in it. But uh, yeah, you just drive through the cane paddocks and then it just turns to like Mad Max sort of enter the Thunderdome sort of shit. No it just goes to like <laughs> mayhem everywhere. They got like one of those big you know like pillows in the water yeah 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 and then the kids are jumping off like a th- like climbing up a 30 ton excavator and jumping off the bucket onto the pillow and <laughs> flipping their mates <laughs> and the thing. there's this massive conveyor belt slide like made out of like an old sugarcane crusher or something like that and it's just this big rubber conveyor belt with a ramp like that no shit it is nuts but uh yeah the AU falcon was good so then we bought another one and it's sitting in the paddock because my assistant last time i was home decided to bounce it across the paddock and it had a wobbly ball joint so Franco's got to fix it now because it's laid in the paddock with the wheel hanging off. <laughs> Mum's really stoked. What would you do without Franco? Oh, I suppose just less shit would be working, eh? Pretty much. Like, <laughs> there, a lot less stuff would be working. <laughs> nah, Frank keeps the wheels on everything, keeps them going. He's, uh, he, he, he looks after us. Yeah, no, old Franco's a man. Yeah, I feel like the old, the old summer. He is king of meth mechanics. That's what we call it, <laughs> meth mechanics, because <laughs> he just doesn't. Act, whenever I'm around, he doesn't get to sleep. He's just flat out trying to fix stuff. So, dude, did, oh, we told you last night about our meth head run in. How good was that? Yeah, that's not. <laughs> that was a good effort. <laughs> I was waiting to tell you that story on the podcast. Maddie was fucking hilarious. Just bro. losing it. Yeah. So, like for the listeners, we had an altercation with some junkies the other night. <laughs> Maddie, wait, did you hear this story? He hasn't heard. Oh, it. we'll tell it then, just for Franco. He, we're like we we're asleep it's like one o'clock and then maddie wakes me up and he's like dude someone's breaking into the fucking van and i was like i was out of it dude like deep sleep and i just got up and i run down the stairs and his house right now is like you remember the house in fight club yeah just like janky as fuck like it's so ghetto <laughs> just bike. like nothing works like you have to use keys like it's all padlocks to unlock everything like there's no door handles so i'm just like i got up and just bolted down the stairs pitch black and then realized i can't get out <laughs> so i'm like all fired up at the door just one like, box r- ready the door. to like go down and like and fuck up these junkies <laughs> and then i'm just standing there for like 45 seconds <laughs> waiting for a key just like a bullet a gate kind know, of thing, just, just waiting there. to go and then anyway we get we get down to the we run down the corner and this junkie chick is like bolting with like a gear bag so we're like oh shit they've broken into the van and they've stole our gear bags with like our riding gear in it so then maddie's just like legged it grabbed the handle while the chick's got the handle and he just starts like swinging her around anyway she's fucking screaming like ah, ah, ah. like neighbors have walked out and shit and um and maddie's like is this your bag jace is this your bag i'm like nah it's nah, not, it's my, not bag, my bag eh? <laughs> so we we thought that robbed us 
and they thought we were robbing them. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just this full no, blown. It was just, uh, what do you call it? Uh, confusion. Oh. It was just mass confusion. Oh, it was so funny. And Maddie's all fired up, like, because he, like, if you wake up to that shit, for you, sure, you know, you, like, you're freaking heart out. Heart immediately goes to 180. You just want to go down there and sort it out. And then I was just standing there, like, kind of laughing because I could see that <laughs> the it whole wasn't situation. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious, eh? So, yeah, anyway, that fucking, that happened. Yeah. You gotta love it. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favourite burnout then of all time? Have you got one that just like was a full show stopper? Oh, there's been a few. The last AU was, they've both been good. We've welded the diff up in them and they do solid burnouts. Like solid burnouts. Dude, apparently that like all the kids that get into drifting these days are using those AU Falcons because of like the diff that they've got. The diff is indestructible. You literally just take the hat off the back, weld the crown up and she's good to go. You have an ultimate <laughs> drift car. And I had the wags and the wag, the first one was the wags and it was even better because it was like a little longer. Yeah. And you could just, had so much control over on the nice green grass, just it was so good good and like like you say they are indestructible the engines are are a solid bush basher because <laughs> uh, i guess that is a good place to start with your whole backstory like you're pretty much just a bogan from townsville really that pretty is much. now yeah. fucking really good at riding motor <laughs> gp bikes yeah I, uh, that's what that's what i always say you can sort of take the townsville ah uh, the boy out of townsville you can't take the townsville out the boy yeah, so. you're pretty solid proof of that actually yeah so uh no i still enjoy going home and literally i got my first car at 17 on the farm and ah uh, seven on the farm and had one ever since you know there's always one rolling in and rolling out you, literally because you get them now the biggest thing with the old girl is she's not super stoked on having you know shitty cars laying around the house <laughs> just so. shit boxes yeah so what you do is you just get like the scrappies come they'll pay you 50 bucks and take the car away really so it's, yeah unreal they're just taking away for scrap metal so it's perfect you perfect guys, situation you, you just keep them on the, keep them on the rotation <laughs> you guys just have a doll dude yeah um so we when we spoke in melbourne on the podcast i don't know how the fuck i was so dumb to just not know how like close we sort of all were in terms of all the people we hung out with the right like we were for sure at a lot of races you're at and dad's like dad goes to me after the melbourne he's like you're a fucking idiot you've watched jack race like a million times on 60s and 80s and i was like fuck probably like i don't know surely surely i, I would have been off just running a mark somewhere else you know you guys would grow a little bit older than us yeah then, so i was one of the just little groms running around shit all over his face and whatnot <laughs> covered in dirt dad goes you remember jack he was a kid that either beat jats or fucking cartwheeled yeah. and i was like i actually do remember that that was pretty much yeah that's my whole motocross career has been like that it's either go really well or go in the meat wagon home that was about it <laughs> the old meat wagon yeah i do not miss riding that fucking track though which one woodstock yeah oh me neither that place it's always been pretty savage it's always been square edges hard you know it, it's a it's a great uh, learning ground i guess you could say mm. a breeding ground because it is just so rough and gnarly especially like when we had queenslands and stuff like that there was always nuts yeah square edges like <laughs> that big <laughs> right in the middle of a corner and you're just like tut, tut, tut. and especially like when you're young you don't care about it but now you get older yeah you're just like what am i doing and, this w- for? and you wake up monday morning and the back's just hanging off because you've just been getting jackhammered the whole, <laughs> the whole day it's uh no nah, but there's a few good ones around. We were lucky, you know, fortunate at that time uh, to, to have so many tracks around to go and ride, for example, up in Cairns or Mariba or anywhere yeah. like that sort of, that North, you know, North Queensland area. We had 
quite a lot of uh, races going on. Did you ever ride Tully? I did a couple of times. That yeah. was probably my favourite track. I used to love the What ruts. was the other one? What was the other one up there uh, with... I don't think it's... Uh, Mirawinnie? Yeah. So that, I was, that was I was there, about to say, did you ever ride Mirawinnie? Mirawinnie. That was probably... Did you, do you remember that track? I remember it never got to ride it. Fuck, dude. That was like... Mirawinnie I only got to so race that one time and that was I like rode legend once. status. I rode it once and I left there with my hip out to about oh, here yeah, the old shit. tree roots got me yeah because it was like unadilla pretty much eh? yeah tree roots tree roots and every rut pretty much but it was sort of like natural flowing like yeah. the, the layer to the land it was it was sick cyclone larry fucked up that. really why, yeah that's why that stopped because when that cyclone come through just knocked everything over yeah and it was so far into the bush so this track that we had up in, in uh, mirawinnie which was just south of cairns uh, it was full dense jungle, like mm. proper rainforest. I remember shit. it was so humid too. Oh, there's no air in yeah, there. Yeah, right? like, it honestly felt like you couldn't breathe. And I think that's why the track was so good though, because the, it was the under ground like, was like sort of always, always wet. Yeah, because it was humid under there. It was under the canopy. No sun ever got on it, and it was just like because my dad grew up racing that track. Really? Yeah, like it's been around that that long. long. Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty glad. Me and Maddie, it was back when we were still sharing a 250F. And we both, nice. yeah, he raced junior lights and then I had to get straight on it to race the senior lights. Senior lights. <laughs> With a Ben bike and that. I was watching one the other day, you were talking about that. Moaning about Matty ruining the bike and then you'd have to get on it and ride it. Fuck, everyone used to do that. I don't know, it's because I just wasn't that good. Everyone would be like, if there was a good dude that bikes blew up, they'd be like, oh yeah, ride Jace's bike. Because <laughs> I never fucking crashed. Yeah, either. exactly. It was always it, straight. It was, he <laughs> knew it was a solid one to get on. Yeah. Peter's got it nice and straight. Never got revved hard. <laughs> Ridden always, on Sundays. It was always straight. One lady owner. Uh, but yeah, you were the full, uh, you did like the full motocross thing. And uh, I'm interested to understand like how the transition went into the road stuff. <laughs> and I think it's interesting though, because you guys, Townsville had a culture of flat track and we didn't have flat track really in Cairns. And we always like, I, I remember bagging like, out. Like yeah, I, we, I was full motocross kid yeah. who only went and did it on the weekends that there wasn't any motocross. Yeah. Cause I like riding. Um, and yeah, like you say, and then like I'd go and do the main main meetings because you know they were like Aussie titles and stuff like that, and mm. I was not bad at it, so I'd go and go and race flat track. But um, yeah, I, I uh, the main turning point for me to like I said, I did dirt track sort of my whole career as well or junior career, and then the main turning point for me was like when we went to two fifties. My first and only race in junior lights was Queensland's and in uh in townsville yeah was Queensland that the year that ford crashed ford cra- i or don't know i don't jamie, I, I know jamie bain had a big one at bain had a big one um was it that year nah and i think dale i don't know if he'd gone senior just yet or not oh okay but uh, he might have been there i think redhead was even there still or he yeah. might have just gone senior as well but uh there was a few of us and first race was average second race like a hole shot it but they used to like there was a ski jump off the first corner and yeah. it was like flat basically but then the next lap they'd slow it down and put you through a chicane and it come out after yeah, a ski jump yeah yeah i remember that and literally i whole shot it hit the ski jump and didn't you couldn't really see what was on the outside a massive berm had formed on the other side of the ski jump and literally i just clipped it with the front tire got run over about <laughs> six times bike was brand new before the meeting and it was totaled like really 
Dad pushed it back. I remember walking back with him. He pushed it back, and like the exhaust was dragging on the ground. Like it <laughs> well, made it, it made Jats's look uh, look pathetic. The one that he did this year. <laughs> yeah, it was like dragging along the ground. Still got it hanging on the wall at home in the shed. Like it was, really? it was yeah, the exhaust went. Everything was just totaled. So on you've it. got that bike on the wall. Well, actually, the bike's still there. The bike got fixed. It was like front end was alright, but like from subframe back, everything was just flat. Yeah, all the way to the back wheel, pretty much. But and then so what that did that race it. what did that race mean for your career well nothing i was like i just sort of got sick of getting hurt yeah. on motocross and 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 whatnot so i was like and then somebody it was like right at the turning point um and somebody's like uh come and give a road bike a go uh, and like it was straight into an australian round the first round was in tasmania in 2009 they just changed the rules really to so the first time you rode a road bike was at the australian titles yeah and uh, the aspk series back in the day and uh it was uh they said basically well i rode like super motard and stuff like that before oh, that like okay. somebody's like come, come give super motard a go so i went and rode somebody's bike i liked it and i went and did like uh the aussies of super motard but i think there was like four guys and literally i pushed for a lap and then just do wheelies for the rest of the race it was <laughs> like my mum went off of me because dad was away working that t- weekend i went down there and she was going nuts i'm like mum the people want it and she's like what are you talking about I'm like, at least fans on the wall they like the wheelies like i was b- bored let's say were you winning yeah yeah i just go so out i just push for a lap and like literally <laughs> and then i was just on cruise control doing wheelies and mucking around it was great fun because you just like practice to do big back ends and whatnot but uh yeah i did that and I, I had a little bit of like uh road racing background or like road i'd had some experience on road because but, of the motard stuff yeah and then um yeah went and rode uh one two five because they changed the rules that year and said 14 year olds could ride uh one two five gp bike yeah sick so we went and gave that a go i rode everywhere new south wales didn't change their rules but basically i rode the the whole series except for the races in new south wales yeah and at the end of the year i was like started winning rounds and uh and like i won the the junior championship and we were like well what do we do we sort of stay here for one more year and you know be a massive fish in a little pond or go and be a tiny fish in a massive pond go to spain so and like the amount of money and time we spent you know we were flying into into brisbane and then uh we would grab the van and then drive from brisbane around and we still did sixty thousand k on the van and did like 1500k on the bike total uh doing two championships and i've done like more more kilometers than that testing three days in hereth or somewhere like that so yeah. it just shows how much to- bike time the aussie kids were getting compared to the uh to mm. the euro so it was like we need to go and do it because we're spending all this money anyway for no real let's say uh yeah nothing really back so we're yeah. like we might as well go give it a go so dad built a a trailer at home in the shed that fit inside a uh a 20-foot container and literally pushed all their bikes all their shit into the container and sent it to spain no shit dude do you remember what your first thought was when you got on a on a proper road bike one of the 125 cc bikes i was i've got photos of it still to this day like i was full motocross style and like anybody that comes from motocross you always notice it like i had jacko and uh Sheeny had done a little bit, but I had like Jacko and, and uh, Sheeny coming right. I got like these little one nineties yep. in uh, in Europe, and I was like, seeing that they were in Spain, I'm like, boys, what is he up to? Come, I got these like three of these little bikes. I said, come and have a ride. Like, yeah, there's always tracks open everywhere, and they're like, you know, maximum sixty k apart in Spain. Yeah. So I'm like, come have a ride, and like Sheeny was pretty good. Jacko was complete novice, never ridden on asphalt really. Yeah, <laughs> and he's right. Like, 
when you're a motocrosser, you immediately go to sit on top of the bike. So mm. then you put way more lean angle on the bike. So you crash all the time. So I was like crashing all the time straight up, literally head vertical upright. So he was just trying to like ride it like a flat turn. You ride turn. it like, exactly like a flat turn on a motocross bike where you sort of sit on top of it. Whereas with a road bike, you sort of got to get underneath it and let your body do the turning more than the bike itself. Yeah, right. So were you good straight away? Obviously, you were good, good straight away. I was away, good, but, like, but I was, what was crashing. The, what was the feeling like though? unreal it's so fast like and like we had like very primitive to what i'm used to now but like you have like data logging especially on the 125s and like just having to be like get your throttle line so consistent because they're on edge a little bit let's say yeah but i remember like it was in tasmania and the back straight was like a flat flat like tucked in six gear corner you're doing it was the first time i ever done 200 and you were doing like 215 through this corner wow. and i was like and like there's full tucked in and I just remember, and the thing, biggest thing they tell you is don't roll off because if you roll off, the bike leans out it'll, and you start. No, yeah. you, you lean it out and it'll nip up like it sees oh, on you. So you got to like really? try and keep a lot of fuel going into it. Wow. So you're like going through shit in your pants, like trying to stay tucked in as possible. Like I remember being just so nervous with that sort of thing, just the speed of things, how quickly everything comes. But you just get used to that sort of thing. It's like anything. What What was your, like, what was your headspace like? to go from just racing motocross and flat track in Townsville where you're not doing what what's the top speed in a flat track like maybe maximum maximum 90 maybe, yeah maybe 110 if you're lucky on the long track yeah maximum so what was do you remember the it was feeling nuts. Where I just you were remember just like, being like the, the first time I ever did 200 I'm like what I got 200 like because it was had a corner in it basically I was like what I was doing 200 and that was through a corner like I couldn't believe because you know when you're a kid especially growing up in australia where everything's so restricted with speed limits and stuff yeah. like that you're like 200 feels like you know almost un- unattainable. like you're in star wars <laughs> exactly exactly it almost feels unattainable and now with the moto gp bike you know we're getting like 350k in there and it just feels like any other day so it's 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 nuts when you think back on it like that but yeah it was that was the hardest thing was just the the way how quickly everything comes up on you and also like understanding where your bike is on track because you know you got to try and use as much of the track as you can say entering a corner or exiting a corner so you got to have that like understanding of where both wheels are yeah and like you've got to be like almost pinpoint accurate let's say mm, because it, and then if you run even you want to go as wide as possible yeah. but if you run a millimeter too wide it's over yeah and uh like they used to have astroturf on the outside of the tracks so oh. i was always really wild like you speak to anyone on a motocross bike anything i'm i still am pretty pretty out of control <laughs> but i used to like running onto the astroturf all the time like go off the track but now they got this rule where it's like if you go onto the green now it's painted concrete because astro when it'll get wet which oh, i found yeah. out the hard way because i crashed twice in one session and like my second race in spain <laughs> just nicked the it rained the night before and just nicked the astroturf because i used to run over it all the time like Fuck. track limits and i did not have a a, a, a good reputation but uh or good understanding but uh yeah i used to run it real wide off the end of the track and like i've been through so many gravel tracks it's not even funny just riding because you run wide and you just try and keep it pinned and just hope it's going to come around eventually and it doesn't you just off the end of the track oh shit 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 and those slicks don't have too much grip have you done much riding um like just road bike stuff but through you know like the crazy euro sort of roads that you know like the, those spanish not, roads not, and not shit. really like when i was a when I first, so this is one for you. When we first went over, <laughs> this is one for you. <laughs> Anytime Jack says that, I get so excited. <laughs> I was like stoked because I'd read on the internet that you don't need a license, like, to ride a scooter. 
like it was like an understanding and it was true till like three years earlier before i got there i got there and met some friends that we end up renting like a warehouse from so we lived in a motorhome in the where inside the warehouse like just drove the trailer in and everything and just basically lived out of the warehouse and the people who were renting off lovely people mum and dad are still in touch with them now you know they come to some races but uh he had like an old scooter and it didn't run i'm like i'll get it running easy <laughs> so i like got it running and i'm like mum's like uh don't be riding around and i said mum i've read it but it's not registered yeah it'll be right because the number plate's completely different to what they were running when when i was there anyway one day i just used to zoom around the shops and shit and just i was out riding it all day this is like there was when you're, <laughs> you're a kid in europe this is the biggest thing i tell like young kids coming over there it's like you gotta get used to doing nothing there's like you don't know anybody you, you don't, don't have anything you've got a motorbike that you can ride on the race weekends but that's about it so it's super hard like you got to get used to it. just hurry up and waiting but this gave me something to do so i was like zooming around on every day and then uh probably a week goes by i go through the like it's like a big valley let's say out the other side and sure enough there's coppers like they do like these things in spain where they just park on every exit around about i'm like indicated everything just boosted <laughs> through acting real calm <laughs> back street back street back street and then like I had to cross the front street to come back to the like go like another way back to the house and i'm like oh shit all right on the front street as soon as i wheel down the front street cop car coming up the other way just whoo, in front of me they're like <laughs> like getting angry at me i'm like english english i don't speak spanish <laughs> and they're like you follow me if not and I'm like, yes, 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 Mr. Officer, I'll follow you. <laughs> Go back down the house. Mom, I need my passport. What do you need your passport for? Uh, the police got me. What the? F she just lost it. Just lost you, it, dude. And I'm like, yep. Uh, yeah, so I go out there. I'm dealing with these, the coppers. And they're like, yeah, you got to come back to the station. So I'm like, shit. Like, in the back of the fucking cop car. <laughs> 15 years old. They, like, chained the scooter to the fence and... And then they took me there. I got, like, it was the weirdest shit I've ever had. I got strip searched the whole lot. Wow. had me sitting in a little cell. It was so bad. And the worst thing is, and then I had to wait for a translator to come in to go through, like, this, like, it was almost like an auto court, I think you could call it. But I got out the same day, like, that night. I, this was, like, very early in the morning, and I got out that night. And I remember they come, and they're like, oh, it's, like, 700 bucks, like, euro, which is big money. Yeah, that's decent cash. And Dad, I just remember Dad yelling at him leave that little cunt in there he's gone <laughs> and mum's like mum's like they're nearly crying and shit it was just the weirdest shit so you had to pay that and then they come and unlock the scooter off the fence but they never did so and like there was a nightclub just down the road and like people used to walk past drunk all the time and they were fucking kicking the scooter and shit so one day i just went out with a hacksaw and cut it off the fence and threw it inside the the the, the workshop i just made a little speedway track inside the workshop like figure eights and that <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's about my road biking experience on the road. That's about it. Dude, you'd love to do, like, that Vietnam tour and stuff for that sure. we've done. Even like, the one, like, you did at the Cape, dude. That's, like, oh, a bucket list thing for me. Yeah, well, we're going to do that again in 21. I want to just get, like, this year would be too, like, too quick to do yeah. it again. Because, like, fuck, it was pretty hard. But uh, not not pretty hard, but it's just, like, it's a big commitment. Organisation. Yeah, like, just to, it's to, a lot to of make it happen. And everything. But, like, Chad really wants to do it. Like, Reedy's keen as to do it. Townley wants to do it toby wants to do it i reckon we could get like i used to go up there quite a bit as a kid like we did go up, yeah once a year um we go up to rutland plains and like that yeah, and, yeah. Dad and a few guys had uh 
like a connection with the guy up there and we go like up a station or something yeah and they go and work there for like a day or two days on the on at like the station like one was a sparky yeah right dad would be working on you know the vehicles or discs or tractors or whatever yeah and then one of the other ones was a plumber so he'd like fix all the plumbing in the in like the the master's yeah, quarters yeah. Or, or whatever and then we'd go and park down at the river basically like it was nearly like half a day drive to the back of the property and you park up and we camped there for like a week and it was honestly the best barrel fishing i've ever had in my life yeah like right crocodiles fucking thousands and thousands of <laughs> crocodiles massive things too yeah but it was yeah that it was honestly going out of the cape is one of the greatest experiences you can say to anyone because you are oh, in yeah. the, the last little bit of like untouched of australia i feel you know apart from going out in the middle yeah dude i had moments on that trip where just fifth gear wide open sandy corrugated roads and it, it just felt like the bike was floating like it didn't even feel like i was riding a normal bike anymore and i got maddie there and it's like dad's behind us there's fucking like just a straight endless road bushfire just burnt red. out like it was just such a sick surreal experience and like even um coming the back way into cooktown there's like this beautiful asphalt range like i want to do man one day we should get like a, a proper road bike up there close the roads and do like a, a filming section on this bit of road dude it is fucked up like some of the most beautiful shit i've ever seen just like it just it just looked like you know that kind of green that you get before it transitions fully into the outback and mm. it's like kind of spread out yeah, green yeah, treetops yeah and like it what a bushfire I've been through so it would have all been just nice and fresh and yeah. been real green too oh so and we look just we fun. come in on like on sunset but you could see the you could actually see the ocean like where cooktown yeah like the actual unreal, like the, the landing there. there yeah oh so like yeah going up there would just be the fucking the best filming oh, i love it i love it to be honest that's like i can't wait that's the biggest thing that I miss about Australia is just doing things like that. Like we used to go there when we were kids, mm. pretty much once a year. We we go every year, and uh, like sometimes grandparents would come up or whatever. Like my dad's parents, uh, both my parents parents are from New Zealand. Yeah, they come over, and dad would take them up to the Cape and show them, you know, what Australia was really about. And I was used to I'd always hook me lure up a tree or something like that. And I remember I have memories of me hanging out over a tree full of croc infested waters and dad nudging the tinny in the tree, the tree swinging like this. And my granddad's going, like, Are you serious right now? <laughs> yeah, because New Zealanders are so like, they just think Australia, well, everyone thinks Australia it is like the craziest it place. Is, it, it is, is nuts when you get up there. Like, I mean, the dog yesterday at home, he ripped a Taipan apart. And I mean, like, that was just, <laughs> I was literally out there putting sprinklers in about an hour before. And this Taipan, we were out there looking at the marvel i've done you know like how amazing my job was putting in these sprinklers and then next minute a type engine straight through under us and it's like fuck me welcome to australia yeah <laughs> dude yeah it's fucking it's actually actually is no joke yeah but when you grow up here you, you just don't yeah it. you just don't really uh, notice that's it, what though. i tell like people like i remember being a kid and like it was like a fascination you know if you've seen a snake you try and get rid of it when it was around the house i remember being kids like chasing king browns and <laughs> getting king brands with shovels and stuff when you're like seven years old and you look back and think fuck if that thing got me that's I was gone. You, but you don't know no you know, exactly when you're a kid you don't know any better that um the way you talk about australia we were kind of talking about that last night like when you watched the the chad podcast mm. like what was it about that that resonated for you uh definitely like the thing about missing australia like when you got to go over there you got to sort of try and put everything behind you otherwise you, you do get distracted let's say because it is such we're so fortunate to have this country of ours and to live here 
like um i love it down south and everything like that but where especially where we are up there it's just no traffic there's just beautiful beaches beautiful islands you go you know an hour in the boat and you're in the best scuba diving you can go in the world you know you go anywhere you want where i live you can literally take the quad and you can go for fucking hours on end and not see another vehicle so i mean we grow up in like paradise let's say paradise especially for european guys like that is like the ultimate dream because they're all in like tiny little apartments jammed next to each other and when i tell them you know you can go riding where i am and you won't see another bike all day they're like that that can't be true i'm like no (laughs) it's pretty much like that and do you struggle with like missing home because it's been 14 men when you moved to spain it's kind of gnarly yeah uh, especially like i've learned how to how to deal with it there was a few years there and when it got like hard like let's say especially when you're young in a team uh the team sort of want you to be there the whole time mm. they want you to be a european they don't want you to go home for christmas they don't want you to do this they don't want you to do that i see some of the boys like uh, i was talking with uh richie the other day richie evans was yeah. up at home with jackson and i was like dude mitch is still in europe now like what the hell is he doing there he needs to get back here and just take five enjoy christmas enjoy christmas and just enjoy the australian let's say lifestyle and and like the way that we all we're a friendly kind of people from what (laughs) i gather compared to like other countries around the world whereas we're very social people we like to get interact there's like i know at home there's always cars going in and out in and out you know always mixing and mingling and fucking around with our friends and when you're over there you don't get that kind of vibe let's say or like come around to mine for dinner yeah you know we'll have a barbie you know none of that so you just especially this time of year you need to come back and the weather's shit over there this time of year (laughs) it's just freezing cold it's depressing and especially when you're young in a team it's kind of hard to you don't have the power let's say say, no listen i'm going home but as you get older and you know you get more power and you understand what works for you you say listen i'm going home from this date to this date done i'll do my training and get organized and i'll be ready to come back next year but for this moment i need to go home yeah that's the biggest thing yeah i'm the dude you know the one thing that i miss that it sounds um probably sounds like trivial but i used to just fucking miss cunts rocking up out of the blue just out of the blue like every the thing in america was always like oh you gotta schedule five o'clock we'll we'll meet at so much so and so yes and it's like it's like can't just rock up bring bring some fucking and don't don't like i fucking hate telephones i am the worst person on <laughs> yeah, telephones i lose them i'm just useless i hate replying i just i love it when people we don't have to schedule you just rock up and we'll have you know there'll be beer there or we'll have a beer or whatever or we'll just rock up and we'll fuck around for the day yeah that's why franco's pretty good because he don't like a telephone either too much so <laughs> and he knows where i live so it's pretty easy you can just rock up but we you know it's always been like that i um i had my best mate who passed away in 2011 hayden Pittman. i don't know if you remember hayden i do Pittman. remember hayden that was a fucking sad day and uh like he lived probably i want to say like five six k away from me originally like through were you guys close in like. age you yeah were, one year one year yeah, apart like yeah. we were best mates from like the day i met him and then like he ended up moving next door to me like my farm was like right next to his farm they moved in next door like we were mates for like a good six seven years before this happened then like he moved in next door and we'd just be fucking around every day yeah like his dad had a bobcat 
uh, like a earth moving company, yeah, like three, four bobcats, and we'd yeah. just be down the back building jumps, building shit. I had a backhoe, an excavator, and trucks and whatnot, and we'd just be fucking around all day, you know, 13 years old. And all he was a good rider, too. He was good. He was just another one of those ones, like naturally talented, big boy, but just naturally talented. And like, we'd just fuck around all day on the same jump, just hitting the same jump, <laughs> seeing who could do the best whips, and like. The only two people we were judging was you and him. And, of course, you're going to say your whip was better than his whip. And he's <laughs> going to say his whip was better than your whip. But we just fuck around all day. And then, like, I remember one school holiday when he wasn't even there. Uh, when he wasn't living next to me. But he, like, bought his bike out as soon as the uh, school holiday started. And he was on a KX85 and I was on RM85. And, yeah, I think it was two weeks. We did a 205-litre, so a 44-gallon drum. We pre-mixed wow. a 44-gallon drum of fuel. And we did that in two weeks on 285s. Dude, that's I think unreal. we did about one air filter. <laughs> 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 but you got to think about like Love a tiny man. little carby. Yeah. How much fuel is going through that tiny little carby? We go all day, and then like because we were ruining our race bikes, the oldies bought us like a DRZ one two five each. Oh, he had a black one, I had a yellow one, and literally how good were those? Things? Unreal. We go all day. We leave in the morning. I'd even like, and DRZs are normally really good on petrol. Yeah, and we'd leave in the morning, and we'd have to put like a a coke bottle like 600 mil coke bottle of fucking fuel yeah. we got everywhere we got chased by the cops because we go and pick up another mate from Black River which is like <laughs> well, you remember where the stadiums ago, were yeah, that yeah. was ages away but we could like <laughs> back road it pretty much the whole way cross the highway into a creek and then we just go along a creek but you had to like lift a fence up out the creek and like lay it down run over the barbed wire fence push the fence back into the thing and you just you go through the creek nobody owns the creek you just go through the creek and uh, through Black River, it was actually so it was like massive. Fuck, that's ages out of out of where out of you were. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm on the a, other side of town, dude. Are you on the other side? You're like River? no, like Black River's here. Yeah. Let's say center of town's here. I'm over here. Yeah, okay, yeah. So you just go all the way, basically round here and yeah. into there, like to get near there. the army base, out that way, even out for a little bit further, really? not towards Woodstock, but like on, like on the other side of Ross. Yeah, so on the yeah. good side of Ross River, but out towards the rodeo ground. I don't know if yeah, you've ever been out yeah. there, like out that way, so yeah. kind of thing. Fuck, that's a way. Oh, we just used to just do shit like that. We take a couple zip ties, maybe some duct tape, and that was it. We were good. <laughs> and whatever it was throw at us, we had it sorted. That's hectic, dude. What was it like when he passed away? Did that? It was tough. It you, was tough. Well, me, me, him, and Franco were all best mates. Yeah. Like once Franco come on the scenes, we were like inseparable. And especially when I left to Europe, Franco sort of moved into my role, and they were fucking around all the time. And then, uh, yeah, I was flying back from Valencia. Uh, like literally I came home the week before we were fucking around like it was like that age you know we, he got his license I didn't have my license yet and we were off cruising around and shit like and then like the last day like I borrowed a CD off him and shit and was like yeah I'll be back in you know a week and a bit and then jumped on the plane went and raced flying home I landed in Singapore and it was like fuck, I seen everyone like get well soon on facebook and all this stuff i'm like what the fuck's going on so i like called his dad and i'm like john what's going on like what's happening and he's like it's not good man and then i like had another two stopovers got home went wow. up there pretty much and like john just broke down to us and it, it was tough that was a tough tough thing to deal with especially you know being uh, what were we there 16 well, yeah sorry, i was gonna say and so because he, he, he was a year old and he was 94 i'm 95 and he'd got his p's and i didn't have mine yet so yeah right and where were you 
So did you? Were you still flying overseas? I was flying, not flying home. Coming home oh. for Christmas, like Valencia last round, did that, and then was like on the stopover in Singapore when uh, when I started reading all the shit because everything was fine before I left. Yeah, right. And it was tough. Went home, sat up in the hospital for like three days, and then yeah, they couldn't I didn't do anything realize, about it. Yeah, I didn't know you guys were that tired. Oh, we were like inseparable. Dude, he was. Like, such he even a got like he even got like trophies back in the day. I remember he got like this is like and his mum 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 and dad worked for the club like the yeah, whole time yeah. as well as my parents yeah. did but somehow some way it got fucked up and he got a trophy from the club one year at like the the end of year prize given it said hayden miller on the fucking trophy like that. <laughs> forgot that he was hayden Pippen, dude is like we were super tight and there was a he was a, a hard blow that's for sure fuck cheers to cheers, cheers to the man. great man yeah. oh fuck that, that was it, it, it was such a good time having them around mm man i i remember just him being like the chubby kid that could just throw the <laughs> sickest whips out. yeah yeah it was like him and then brady was you remember did you ever go to brady's house stanley's yeah i did so brady literally the do you remember his track uh not well but at I, the back and then there's a dirt road yeah and then i'm on that dirt road yeah so i was right. like behind brady's house kind of thing there you go that's how you know yeah now, sort of where i am out that way yeah okay and then um yeah like brady was just up the road so we go and ride there whenever brady wanted to ride but wasn't too often we had to push him always <laughs> oh no way bemo where's brady at man he finally come out and ride but uh no it was a good group of guys yeah. and like i said like there was always people going and rocking up and we'd always go riding together you know whether it be they come and ride at ours or we go and ride at someone else's but it was like i'll try and explain that to the euros they're like dude i never used to have to put even when i was a kid i never put my bike on the trailer to go riding i'd literally yeah. fuel it up at home ride to wherever i was going ride and then ride home fuel up we'll get some lunch fuel up and ride back again and you'd ride all day yeah which was kind of kind of hard for them to deal with because it's like they're so regimented like you go to a track and you pay your 20 dollars and you ride for the half a day or whatever and yeah. then you pack up and go home i think that's what's like a unique because you look at how many good guys come out of the north queensland scene you got todd being probably the oldest guy and even around him you had like harley pizzuti and luke weaver that could have been just as good you had chris nash that was just as good then you had jackson you had wade you had richie you had mitch you had wilson todd um then you come out of the townsville crew but i feel like there's something to be said about guys that didn't have to fuel up their uh, like load up their bikes and go ride all they had to do was fuel up their bikes and then just ride at their own places exactly like dad i never had to rely on dad let's say to go riding like as soon as we moved to a farm it was like i don't know if my mom was like gullible as or if she was like she knew for me she knew what was going down but i never had homework ever even though my report card said if jack had tried you know he failed this if he tried more he would have got it but I just rock up at home every afternoon. I swear to God, every afternoon I rock up at home and go. Mum would be like on the way home, or if I'd cycled home, she'd be like, "Did you do your homework? Yeah, yeah, I did oh, it. Yeah. I did it at lunch. Yeah. It's all sorted." And I just literally go and put my mum wouldn't let me wear gloves or goggles because I lose them around the farm. <laughs> so it was like I just put on my boot. Generally, it was just boots and a helmet. That was it. And I go ride all Arvo, like inside your knees here, like yeah. where your knee guys normally are, would be that chafed. <laughs> fingers you know never used to get blisters nothing it was over that hard but it was just like the best feeling you go until you literally couldn't see anymore and then you're riding home in the night and the bugs are hitting you in the eyes yeah yeah i remember that shit 
Dude, the cane paddocks used to be the oh, worst, that would man. Be They'd the have worst. so much bugged around the cane paddocks. And you'd be like... Trying, <laughs> it, like, you go faster, then they start stinging more and oh, more. Yeah. You just do not want to get one in the eye. Dude, there's some bugs. There's one bug in particular that used to burn the fuck out you of your get, eyes, They get man. in there and almost feels like they go like that. It's they like start scratching. Well, there's one that used to sting, dude. And it used really? to... It kind of, maybe it was just in the cane fields. But there's this one bug, man. So, we're cane fields either side of us, like... Oh, did you just have Kane much, as well? No, no. Either side of us. Oh, like, like Mackay and then... Well, yeah, you got the Burdekin right there, yeah, air, which is yeah, full, like, full all the way up field. to Townsville, basically, and there's a mountain range that stops it. Yeah. And it's the same on the other side. It's like Ingham's full, yeah. full cane, but it sort of stops just before Townsville, and then we're like... Brownsville, bro. Brownsville, dude. We don't get rain. <laughs> we don't get nothing. <laughs> you, get, <laughs> you learn to ride in bulldust. That's yeah, what you, you learn to ride dust. it. That's what you like, when I When I say... Uh, did one air filter I mean like the, I used to dust bikes I'd be like dad my bike struggled in the start and he'd be like you fucking dusted it again like I'd have to I've had bikes that bad like it started dusting on a Friday and I've ridden it till Sunday and Sunday and Sunday I was push starting it because it would not kick start anymore two stroke 85 and you'd have to push start because it, it wouldn't start with kick anymore dude Pazuti's shit used to be like that it's so it's like it's bad but it's good like at the same time because you just fuck, we destroyed so much gear but I was fortunate enough you know mum and dad were able to support yeah me destroying shit and they were always there to look after me and like get me all the new, new shit or or whatever I'd, whatever you know we needed to go racing and like it was such an awesome way to grow up I wouldn't change it for the world what was it like to though to have your parents <laughs> like did you know how much they were sacrificing at the time like especially when you moved to because when I moved to Europe it's sort of all sunk, sunk in you in. get into that age too like 14, 15 and like dad's company was doing really really well um, right up until like 09 when I started yeah. racing road bikes and then GFC everything yeah. like that it all sort of made everything a lot harder, let's say, right at the worst but at, time. But when, at that when, point, you've kind of gone all in yeah, almost. Eh? Yeah, well, like, that, that was it, dude. It was another mortgage on the house, everything up, you know, the beautiful family property that they worked their whole lives to get, another mortgage on that. He had a beautiful big boat that he'd worked again his whole life to get. And, like, he got it. By the time it got built and everything got to Townsville, I think he got 100 hours on it, which is fuck all if you're talking a boat, because he <laughs> had to drive it from Brisbane to Townsville yeah, and then which back is again. Like fucking 20 hours. I think we had right like there. 130 hours on it in a year, which is zero. That's yeah. nothing. Because he was constantly traveling around with me, and like that was his dream, but he'd did he get, dreamt about did that, he and then he or? sold it for me to go racing. Sold that, sold the, well, remortgaged the house, sold so many toys to. All of his cool shit that he worked his whole life to get sort of sold it for me to go racing. So I was very, very fortunate. Do you remember when it sunk in? Like, do you ever oh, remember, I, like, thinking about it? I pro- I remember it to this day being in Jerez. And, uh, like, I was always, like, a chubby sort of kid. Like, not fat, but I always had just that muffin top, you know, a little bit. <laughs> Especially, bit like, but Hayden's mum, like, we used to always go to either Hayden's mum or if my mum wasn't home, we'd go over to my home and my house and deep fry heap of shit up like i get the deep fryer out me and pity would be down in the deep freeze looking for shit to deep fry and then like we were burning off but i was always a little bit chubby let's say and i never really did too much training i'd cycle to school or whatever which was quite a way it was like 11k there 11k home that's a decent cycle not bad for like you know a 12 13 year old yeah. i was like yeah i'll go cycle to school but uh, mum loved it because then she wouldn't have to deal with me and my sister arguing in the car over who got who got, got the front, front seat, seat. <laughs> but uh no, yeah. i fucking shotgunned it in uh in jerez i remember he's like 
get out of the fucking motor home and go and run a lap or I don't know if it was like go run or go cycle I can't remember exactly what it was but I'm like yeah yeah I'll do it and then he come back and like probably an hour later I'm still fucking laid up there on the couch whatever and then he's like fucking get out of this motor home you, you'll go and do this like I've fucking sold everything this was like the second round and like going over there you always know you're gonna go shit but I struggle like we got the bikes out of customs the Thursday night I hadn't ridden since October the year before this is February, mid-February. So would this have been your second year over there? Or first, the first year, year, first year. Yeah. We literally, we sent the bikes over and he's like, uh, he goes to me, uh, sorry, we got the bikes out of customs the night before the first race. I hadn't ridden in like three, four months and with that I had barely any experience but I, f- I qualified for the Junior World Championship which it is now, the Spanish Championship. Yeah qualified was going all right in the race ran in the gravel come back on track still finished the race not bad like not great not in the points nothing like that but was a massive achievement because a lot of australians went over there and they weren't even qualifying and i was on a stock bike when i say stock bike it was a piece of shit (laughs) i I talked to like guys like alex rins and uh alex marquez and stuff like that and they were like you were not that bike was so shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were just two standard Hondas from Australian Championship that we took they, over there but my dad was from back then? yeah <laughs> I had no teeth dude <laughs> they couldn't forget it we talk about it was it you who yeah, lost the teeth yeah, we were talking about this the yeah. other day and it was like so yeah when I first went over there we well back to the story anyway we were in uh, Jerez and like results aren't ideal let's say there was a couple other Aussies over there and they were doing a little better than me but they were also better equipment but my dad's thing was like you'll ride a piece of shit and you will learn how to ride it properly and then we'll get a decent bike but when, yeah. you, when i believe you're riding this thing to its full potential and when you're gonna fucking run and train yeah exactly <laughs> so he lost it <laughs> and uh that, that was like the one day it sort of sunk in like right shit's got serious here i gotta actually start doing something now <laughs> like actually like because up until then i'd always been quite talented let's yeah, say i never really had to work and, and kids you know that's what kids do i think i think if your parents are too sort of like knuckling down on you at too young of an age yeah it's never gonna work yeah you're gonna rebel against that no one wants to be told what to do you want to have to do it you want to do it because you're going to get better and then i sort of it wasn't so much he did it it was just because he saw the other kids out there doing he's like fucking get out on the track and have a run around or do something so you used to run like actually jog laps of the tracks yeah we we still do it sometimes like now but not as much anymore i don't really run too much with my legs now yeah they're all a bit Bit walk-eyed and that well one since i was three years old one's been about an inch longer than the other what when i was three years old i used to wet the concrete on the house and with the uh, like we had a Queenslander you're a kind double, of a kid double, eh? yeah <laughs> I've fucked being around and, I, and, I, a and I hosed out the concrete and I used to do skids on me pushing one day I looped out hit the like, you know, the poles uh. and the house up 53% spiral fracture of my femur three years old I got photos at home and plaster up to me nipples got out Christmas <laughs> Eve and then like two weeks later like we had hardwood floors through the whole it was an old Queenslander I had hardwood floors and then I couldn't deal with mum taking me to the toilet so I started sliding my shit around <laughs> and like the first day it was like couch to couch 
then I go to the bathroom. And then the next day she caught me going downstairs. And she's like, get the fuck back up here. Because <laughs> I was going downstairs, giving on my push by, but all the floors in the house were all fucked. I had to get the sanders in to go. <laughs> because just from the car sliding on them, just wore the back of the cast out. But yeah, I've been. A you're a nightmare, bro. Nightmare from day dot. <laughs> <laughs> you're still a nightmare. Nightmare now. But now you're just an awesome nightmare. Yeah, now learn learn when to be a nightmare and when not to be a nightmare. Uh, Try so, to anyway. So you, you started sorting your shit out a little bit more you yeah exactly like, when dad when it sort of got real like that i think that's when we sort of like oh, okay we better better do something here you know like he has put in a lot like i'm i you know you'd hear because i mean it was originally it was uh my i got an older brother he stayed here me mom uh my dad and my younger sister went over and then my sister was like off it because we tried to do home doing homeschool yeah while we were in australia and it wasn't gonna work you had to fax shit and like do this that the other like you weren't able to email different time zones and shit different time zones trying to fax stuff when you don't have i mean this was 2010 so like internet was just like the let's say the wireless internet that you know you could travel around with and that wasn't what it was today and trying to send it out of you know countries like spain or france or wherever it was a bit of a nightmare so like and mum couldn't even get me to do my fucking home or get me to do yeah. my homeschool at home when we, we like we started two weeks before we left and she couldn't even get me to do it so she's like fuck this you know doing <laughs> that. and that was how i dropped out at two weeks into grade 10 if you can count <laughs> the two weeks of homeschool that i didn't do but uh yeah so then we all went over and then my sister was off it she wanted to go back to school so grandparents came over they were coming anyway for a holiday and maggie sort of persuaded mum to let her go home back with uh with my grandparents and then she ended up living with my auntie and uncle and uh pretty much stayed there until like the end nearly at the end of the year and and dad had to go home because you know he put a manager in charge and shit just wasn't going Mm. right so then he had to go home pretty much take control of everything again and uh and sort a few things out and so he left and there was just mum me motorhome trailer on the back lucky mum had a truck license and away we went like it was just us did you do you remember feeling like crazy pressure to do well? Or did not you just pr- not, not really pressure? No, it? not I never really thought about that too much. Like the pressure of like, what if I don't? Because they were never like, they never pressured me about the money side of things. It was more about like, just you trying. How bad do you want it? Like, yeah. Do you, you said you really wanted. Like, how bad do you want it? Show us. It was never like they never put the pressure on me about how much they were spending or yeah. you know, this that the other and or anything like that. So. That was never massive, but uh, there was a lot of pressure for sure. Like as my biggest worry, let's say, was like I didn't know if I was going to get to ride the next year. You didn't know yeah. like, what was happening. I remember that right up until I signed my first contract with uh, Red Bull KDM. That was the first paid ride I got. Do you? Um, well, first non-paid ride, let's say. Well, I got paid, but it was like the first time my parents didn't have to pay anything for me to go racing. Yeah. Do you think you knew even at a young age what it meant to like actually want it? I never really knew what I wanted because, <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, all I wanted to be was a crusty demon. And then that was like, didn't really look too interesting. So then I wanted to go to Supercross and then worked out I wasn't that great at that either. So then it was like, oh, well, we'll give road racing and go, hey, I'm actually not too bad at this. I'll, I'll keep going at this then. So I was like, but I did, if I want something, I'll, I will. Yeah. Like, if I see like I'm good at, I got all right at this, and I'll I'll keep working at it. I'm like, I, it's, let's say I'm not turned away easily. Yeah, because I feel like there's guys that 
Like a guy like Dunge. That motherfucker he wants wanted it. it. He like, wanted it. He no. wants it. And then you look at... He came out of what, like B grade? Yeah. You know, last pick of anybody. Yeah. Let's be real. And then there were so many other better people around him. But and he who, was the guy who turned that, out to be like the, yeah. the greatest champion of them all. Because I feel like there's definitely a thing where it's like you can you can want the idea of something. Like you can want the idea of being on a MotoGP bike and 100%, doing those races. 100%. But it's like, do you really actually want the thing? And I see a lot of that with a lot of young kids as well coming through where they they really like the idea and like and you see some of them don't even want it for the riding like they want it for the fame more than mm. anything it's not so much like getting to ride the best bikes in the world and all that so it's like kind of hard to look at that when when you see it and you're like dude what why are you here like, yeah sure you can go do something else but uh and then you see some kids like you say like your ryan dungies and guys like that that are just grinding in and out and i see kids that are have like not very much talent at all and I go riding with them there's a few guys that we go riding like Super Motard and that and they are the most dedicated dudes I've ever seen in my life but they, they just, they, the just they just talent, don't have yeah. it they just don't have it yeah yeah but they are put, putting in some fucking work it's like if we could combine like what that they what they do but what I think is like that dude's work also sidetracks him a bit because he's too, too much looking at numbers and whatnot mm. like He's there, like, Euros are nuts on lap times and stuff like that, and they go to the track and they just want to see lap time, lap time, lap time. I fucking never put a lap time on my bike until I went road racing. That was the first time I ever went, put, seen, like, it was like, oh, what lap did I do? Like, like when you go go-karts with your friends, that's probably the only yeah. time I've ever looked at a lap time before we went road racing. It was like, well, what lap time are we doing the go-karts? Because with motocross, no one ever fucking took a lap time. Dirt track, no one ever took a lap time. It was just who won, who didn't. Yeah, who won and who didn't. That yeah. was it yeah fuck that's pretty true i think that there's like there's a mix too where because i've i've thought about this now right like i've gotten good at sport in my 30s like i've always been like, technically i can on a fucking motocross track i'd have like the sickest style you look at me in photos and you're like fuck how good's that guy slow as fuck yeah but, like i just thought about it way too much like i thought about what you were doing what i was doing to like like you said probably too much i was just thinking about this perf like Oh, what would it, what is like the perfect rider? And then you look at you hear a guy you like you say, I never even looked at a fucking lap time. And you've got to have even, a mix I between. Like all that. I want to know is like if I felt good, that was all that matter. I, head head's always sort of been. I feel like like yeah, you're thinking, but you're sub subliminally sub, sub, subconscious subconsciously sort of yeah. thinking. I guess you can say like it's in the back of your mind. You're thinking about where you're going, what line you're going to use into this corner. But in the front, let's say, and what's going on, you just focused in the now what's happening right now what you're doing like with what you're feeling it's yeah. more of a feeling than anything i feel have you started because like nowadays i because i'm in my 30s now like 31 and i feel like i've just gotten more just secure as like a person i sort of don't give a fuck as much about what people think so when i'm doing sport or when i'm riding or whatever i kind of don't care uh, whereas i think when i used when i was younger i used to care what people in thought i used to care like, yeah, yeah i used to care like what dad thought i used to care if i was fast in this but i used to nowadays it sort of doesn't matter and i've started doing better. way better but it's like i wonder if that's something that guys like you just have forever you just kind of don't give a fuck i've always let's say cared i, I never want to be the squid you know out there and like um, but i mean like as i said i've had one leg longer than the other pretty much my whole life every every footy team <laughs> i ever got on like 
I'd always get bagged out because I fucking run with this, like, <laughs> wobble. So, like, and, and, like, then I'd sort of shy away from running a little. Like, let's say shit like that, you... But it didn't really bother me because i go and hit the most people in, like, on the football field. i try and tackle as many people as I could in one game, you know. That was my biggest thing. Like, I wasn't big. I never was big, like, tall or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I try and make up for it another way. And, like, I, you know, always want to fit in. But for sure, like, I never really thought about what anyone thinks I'm doing on a bike. I mean, my style's my style. I, I've given, like, with, when we come to the MotoGP side of things, my riding style's quite different. It's quite a little more old school. I turn my ass in a little bit more. It almost looks like a, a Mick doing mm. at, at some points, which was a really strange style. But he it's what works for me. Yeah. And, like, that's how I feel comfy and I don't give a shit what people it's how I feel on the bike and that makes me feel comfortable so I ride it however I like you know it's like being a kid yeah and people like you're loose well yeah, well it works sometimes it, <laughs> it works sometimes yeah <laughs> when did it start turning around for you in Europe or like when did you start feeling like real comfortable and you think like midway yeah, through the year midway th- through that first, first year. year yeah I started going alright and we got to some tracks and I like understood what was going on and understood you know who I was racing we were never there to get podiums that year but the next year like already halfway through the year I started talking with a team and then they took me on the next year um for the German championship and the Spanish championship which I did both the that year but I only did a couple of rounds in the German and the next year I started uh I started uh I did all the Germans and I did a couple of Spanish and like I won the German championship um but it was a bit of a nightmare like had a german teammate the bike seized never seized a bike my whole life bike seized three times last weekend it was like i was getting stitched up (laughs) heavy but then like my my current assistant uh thomas you got an assistant yeah he comes around with me it's not franco at the minute franco's like he's like my second one i was gonna say we need franco to be the number one he's the aussie assistant (laughs) and i got tommy the dutch assistant so coming back to tommy tommy like when we were in in uh this is how weird shit works <laughs> like mum mum's like a real outgoing person i mean you yeah, know she's, she's, she's like really outgoing she yeah. like was over there lonely as shit when we were in the first year and we met thomas at the first well i didn't really even meet thomas <laughs> uh, but my mum had met his mum because we were parked next to each other like they had their tent set up off their motorhome yeah, off their right. like truck and we had our set up off our truck in the middle of the paddock and uh they met and she's like, oh, I met this lovely Dutch lady. You're racing her son. Rah, rah. I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> no thought of it. I go do like, uh, we did that race. And then because like, we, we were in the north of Europe, dad would like, we'd just drive to tracks that were on the GP calendar, like that we knew were GP oh, tracks. Oh, yeah. And there's like all those track days and you pay 50 bucks. And like we had a complete bulk stock bike. And like I'd just do laps and laps and laps on it. On, at the end of the race meetings, i go... It's all the back of the garages. This is no shit. And I go through all the tires that were out the back of the garages and like, oh yeah, that's a C. So it's like a medium compound that because the Aprilia's you couldn't use a harder tire. Oh. So I go through and see the compounds. Yep, I'll take that. And I just, on my push bike literally and I'd ride back with like fucking arms full of tires. <laughs> throw them in the back of the uh, trailer and then we go to like do these track days. And I just, me and dad would be there fitting tires, like just use these second hand tires, but it'd keep us going. Yeah. And they were free. They were thrown out. But uh, yeah, and then we were coming back from Czech Republic and Czech Republic, the roads are really shit. 
like concrete like America, but worse. You yeah. know, like how the Americans are yeah. like, dunk, dunk, yeah. dunk, dunk, oh, the con- poor concrete. The but then times the Czech, I thought I had a flat tire in America, eh? The Checo ones are like more inconsistent. Like Townsville Square Edge, Woodstock Yeah, like shit. Woodstock Square Edge, dude. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And uh, like we're going along and fucking next minute there's smoke bellowing out of the trailer. We're like, what the fuck happened? The drawbar broke on the trailer. We just crossed the Dutch border. Ugh. And we're like, fuck, what what do we do now? We don't have a fucking welder. We don't have shit to fix this. I'm like fuck. <laughs> now we're in a pickle. <laughs> and then Mum's like, oh, Thomas's. Uh, well, her name's Rihanna. Thomas's mother. And he's like, oh, Thomas's. Uh, Rihanna's just up the road. Well, you know, like 150k up the road. I'll give her a call. His dad's got a like a, a machining company, pretty much like what my dad does at home. He's got one of them in Holland. And. Uh, so we're like, oh yeah, right So he came after work, like four o'clock or whatever it was, knocked off, grabbed his welder and a generator and fucking boosted it down to us in a van. Then they're like, yeah. So dad got on the trail up in the parking lot of a shell there, <laughs> welded the van up <laughs> and um, went back to there. They're like, yeah, come back to our house. We got, you know, we got our truck parked up. You can just back in there next to it. The next round was an ass and great. Yeah, no dramas. So we go back there. Next year, I'm living there full time. <laughs> like really? just, yeah. They just it became like our second family, which was uh, unreal. And then, Did you kind of need that, do you think, like to make the yeah, Europe thing work? Mum did, especially. Mum yeah. did more than me. But it was good. I met Thomas and his younger brother, Geordie. And we just become like good mates. And then Thomas like was racing me at the time. He just... he. For him, he builds his own motor. He builds his own bikes. Yeah. Everything like that is nuts. Like he built when he when I was racing him, he had his own bike, complete own bike. Him and his dad built the engine, the cast the engine. Wow! Cylinders, chassis, the whole apart from brakes and wheels, yeah. pretty much, and suspension. Everything else was built hand built wow. by themselves. Was it any good? It wasn't bad. It all it used to nip up quite a bit, like, <laughs> but his dad had always run it on the edge, dude. Always, and it was quick. It was quick. In one two five, this was in the one two five well, days. But then, Thomas was always focused on that, and he wasn't, let's say, that great of a rider. And then he ended up being like he ended up working for a team, and then uh, in in the paddock, yeah, he did a couple wild cards like like I did to start out with. You do like a wild card, yeah. Call okay. it. I don't know what you call you call it a wild card as well, yeah, motocross yeah, or whatever. But yeah. where you like, if you're in the top five of your national championship, you can go and race the the Grand Prix. Yeah. In your home and um, so he did a couple of them, but then he ended up working for a team. And then I'm like, dude, and the team was shit. They weren't paying him. They were doing this, that, the other. I said, well, listen, I need assistant because like you can't do all the shit that we need to do. Like the mm. leather suits with the GPS and the, the airbags and everything. Every time you ride, you got to take them back to the the thing. And then when you're doing, especially in MotoGP, you need to have like your food bought to the box. You can't be going in and out of the box. So I sit in the box pretty much the whole day. Yeah, right. He goes and gets helmet services, serviced. He goes and gets the leather serviced. He, you know, makes sure and like does like a stock take basically. Make sure when we go for a flyaways that we have yeah. the right amount of boots, gloves, you know, all that sort of little shit that I don't want to be yeah. hassled with as well as like... It just takes you Just organised, yeah. It just organises everything else around the, the paddock. And yeah, that's Thomas. He's like, that's what he does for me now. And like... I don't even remember how we got on to Thomas. How did we get on to Thomas? What I just I randomly, I was just like, hey, why do you have a you got yeah, an assistant? I don't even remember why, but uh, yeah. Um, so, then, yeah, we were talking about, um, oh, yeah, that's it. So, yeah, the truck story. But, yeah, so we were talking about how, like, you first started sort of feeling comfortable. And, um, yeah, so you, we oh, ended you were up pitting pit, next to those guys. Yeah, I was pitting, yeah, we, 
so we started uh, like the next year I went back so I, that's how I got on the Thomas I was talking about the when the bike was nipping up like yeah. halfway through the season his granddad used to run the same bike that I was riding back oh. in the day as like a team yeah and he gave me a cylinder that he had like on his shelf as like an ornament he had a little sandblast allowed it to look nice and new and he's like this is better than the piece of shit that's on your bike so we end up putting it on wow and then the team were like they when they started making the bike nip up they're like nah cylinders fucked and i remember we go me and thomas like we were 15 at the time in like in his motorhome with a piece of emery tape uh emery paper on the wall sanding the the ball back down to flat making it get flat because these guys were just trying to fuck with us so bad really sanding it down on the mirror in the in the bathroom and like it was just shit like that like and that's crazy so i won that and then we were off and like i got on the podium in the spanish championship um like the weekend before that and like we were spending too much money there with what we were getting it was last year of one two fives the team was not buying any parts well we're, we're not fucking wasting our time doing spanish championship i did a wild card then a team approached me for like to, for us to pay to go for riding the the yeah. team for the rest of the year which yeah. was on a kdm 125 which yeah. was like kdm stopped developing the bike in 2008 and they weren't even on the grid it was two on the grid and they were run by an italian team but huh, it was a, we didn't know anybody it was just like a our way in let's yeah. say and then the next year again was the same i ended up signing with them this was 2012 yeah. for world championship like full time the bike wasn't what we were promised this that the other was, you know yeah, yeah yeah we'll give you the world and then mm. you get this much you know which is super common in it's super, all forms you, of racing yeah all really. forms of ra- racing and especially you start dealing with italian teams and stuff like that you sort of get that feeling like especially the ones that are all they're looking for is money yeah. money the, the, they have the nice hospitality but they don't give a shit yeah um i got like fourth in germany in the wet i led like 18 laps of the race in the wet um I was on the front row in the second race, but I broke my collarbone there. Broke my collarbone like five times that year. <laughs> um, just out of control, really. Riding, what? I was trying to ride it. Like yeah, it was just like a just standard. Like literally, I can go to the shop right now and buy the same bike I rode. Really? Then, on, like it was on for sale, but um, I got onto the this team who I knew from German from the Germany days. Yeah. They contacted us and they're like, "Yeah, come and ride for us. We're all, we got a Honda engine, but FTR chassis." Yeah, and FTR were pretty good at the time. Like KDM were the best when we went to Moto Three. KDM yeah. straight away came in with a four stroke and just dominating everybody. Yeah, right. And the next year, I I went to them and like I was fighting for the podiums every race. Just like never got on the podium, but it fucking made me hungry because but the bike was like I was on average like eleven, twelve k an hour down on everyone. Oh, that's a lot. The Honda was really slow, but it handled amazing and because it handled good I could do what I wanted with it and I could sort of tag in with those guys and every race I got closer and closer and closer to them. And that's how I got the the factory ride then with the with the KTM to But KTM. it was like that was like last last chance L C Q dude. That was like even towards the end of the year it was like getting to the point like mum and dad were like we can't keep paying like we told the team like jack's gonna have to stop he can't keep paying yeah how much, I, do my, you remember how much it was like did you have to pay per round or yeah, they work it out per round but then it's like with the german teams especially it's like crash damage on top this that the other yeah. which i wasn't even crashing them but it was like just weird shit like that and, and we sort of knew like what was happening as well so we're like fuck it like 
we were doing good results every race and they're like we can't keep paying like, yeah. we're not gonna keep paying this so you were shit. trying to like almost bluff them a little bluff, bit well we had to like and like if they said right get off the bike well we'll get off the bike and I'll come back next year and ride factory KDM but it was oh, like so you that, already had that sort deal. of I, I had the deal pretty much pent uh, but, it was, but it was honestly like I remember the no, that was when it got tough, you know, doing the, the negotiations for did that. Did you sort know, of thing. like, did you ever really know how tough your parents were doing it, or did they keep it from you a little bit? You they reckon? kept it from me a little bit, but I knew you. You can pick up. You can when, feel it. Yeah, eh? you can feel it when you go go through that sort of thing, and you know, people are pinching pennies and what you know. Yeah, I never really look at watch mum. Uh, you know, since we were little kids when business was first starting out. Apart from then, I'd never really seen her look at like, you Too know, much, the, like the little price stuff. tags yeah. of things in the supermarket and stuff like that. And then you start watching it happen, and you're like, mm, mm. shit's starting to not be great here. And uh, but you know, and also like aunties and uncles and stuff like that helped out as well. I was yeah. very lucky with the family group we had, and I had a few little sponsors out of Australia and people like that just to help try and keep us going. Let's say keep the wheels on the bus, and then yeah, the next year just. So I remember having that massive sigh of relief, like hope, and well, once I got the deal done, just and and like I had deals there for like way more money, but I liked Aki, who's now still my current manager in Europe. Yeah, he runs the 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 Red Bull KDM Moto Three and Moto Two team. Yeah, and he'd never even offered me like a ride, but I, I, like we always had a good relationship. And like I had big money offers from Mahindra and stuff like that, and I was like, no, I don't, I don't want that. I want to ride that thing because like uh, Cortese was champion the year before. Salon was fighting for the championship that year on that bike, same bike. I'm like, I want that thing. Yeah. So I went up to him. So were you just sick of losing at this point? Yeah, I just said I don't give a shit about the money. Like I'll ride for fucking free. I just want that bike. Yeah. I went there for like a quarter of the money I could have got anywhere else, but. Also, the way I looked at it is I was like, put in decent bonuses and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm going to win. And when I win, then I'll make the money back tenfold yeah, on yeah. what I'm fucking, like what this base salary is going to be over here. So, And that was when I was sort of doing things all by myself or my own managerial yeah. duties. It was not easy. I was signing fucking contracts left, right and center. And then I was in lawsuits and shit like really? that. Oh, yeah, because then when I went to go to MotoGP, I'd signed, but dad... Mum and dad, it was a lot of confusion being on the side of the world. They're like, sign it, and then they're like, don't sign it. And the guy's like, oh, you need to sign this. So oh. I fucking signed it. Thinking, what was that Like for? a pre-agreement for Moto2. Oh, which you didn't never did Moto2, huh? I never did it. Uh, yeah. So what, was, so what like, was that deal for? Well, that didn't come to light until I was leading the championship the next year. Uh, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I remember I got your son that fucking pre-agreement. Oh, so it was like an agreement, like you had to sign a thing. That if you were like a doing, pre-agreement, like we're gonna do a contract, me and yeah, you are gonna do a contract. Like a letter of intent. Kind exactly. Of thing. That's it. That's what it is. A letter of intent. Exactly. Uh, and then you had to try and get out of that because you yeah. went straight to MotoGP. I was like, I'm not going fucking Moto Two. <laughs> you got Honda knocking on my door. I'm going MotoGP. Yeah. But like the way that happened as well, the way that all sort of happened was like, I had, um, I always had this thing in my mind. Like I've always done massive jumps in my career. Yeah. I went from nothing to one year in Australia to Europe then already in my second year in Europe I was already finished the last five rounds of the world championship so in the space of fucking three years I was in world championship yeah. and I was like nah try something new 
And Makes like sense, I was like GP. looking at it, I'm like, Moto three, no one's ever done it. They're all everyone's soft. They're not gonna do it. There's no way. Like you'll be one of the last dudes to do it. If you can pull this off, it's gonna be fucking mega. Because like and uh like Gary McCoy was the only other one who did it. To go straight from Moto Another three to he Moto GP. It was then one two fives to five hundreds. He went yeah, directly. Yeah. And he's like the only one to do it and like be successful. I was like, dude, what if you can do like Gary did and just fucking go uh, direct? And I'm like, man, well, like the, the, the way I'm explaining it to you now is like how it was playing out in my head. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that'd be all right. And um, I remember one of the guys from Torna came up to me one day and it's because I was talking like some teams and, you know, they were trying to point me in the right direction. I said, well, I don't even want to go to Moto2. I want to go to MotoGP. Sort of looked at me and he's like, what? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm dead serious. I want to go to MotoGP. Said you don't have any Aussies there. I want to go to MotoGP. Like two races later, I had Honda knocking on the door. I had uh, satellite Yamaha knocking on the door. I was like, "Fuck, it's all right." So, <laughs> and I did the deal because it makes with waves, right? It does. Yeah, they like, put they put the feelers out and tell people you're interested. And because you, it's kind of like Inception. Like people wouldn't have been looking at you for a MotoGP ride. And then all of a sudden you're putting it into their head and then you're forcing them to think about it. Well, exactly. I was like, I had that belief in myself that I was like, I can do this. This can be done. What made you think that you could? Just (laughs) self-belief. Self-belief, I think, more than anything. Like, I was like, yeah, you, you, I felt like I was always, like I said, wild. Like I was drifting and sliding the Moto3, which had no power. So to me, the biggest bike looked like the best one. I was like, I want to get on that fucking thing so I can spin (laughs) tires and like... (laughs) have fun and like turn the bike like a dirt bike turn it with the rear tire a little bit and this sort of shit I was like that thing that i can ride that that's yeah. got my name all over it had you ever ridden a full-size motor no, gp I went, bike I, the only road bikes i'd ridden at that point in time was a 125 when it swapped to 250 and then i went straight to a thousand cc motor gp bike wow. that was it that was my three road bikes i'd first three road bikes i ever rode do you remember the first day you rode a motor gp oh, bike? No, i went out of the pits and i was like what do i do and i was like <laughs> Ooh, that's quick <laughs> and then you go to change directions and like from being on like an 80 kilo motor 3 you go to change directions so. and you're like <laughs> and it's not even moving you're like what? but then you work out what you got to do with the throttle to get it change directions and it becomes like an, an absolute weapon they accelerate the front wheels never on the ground it's just unreal dude I remember the first time I ever rode a 1000 cc bike I used to my first job out of not out of school I did a couple like labour jobs but my first proper job was working for Kawasaki and um and then uh they we used to have to like ride the bikes in like into the back after every day then i got on this fucking thousand <laughs> and i went, went down the street and i was doing like a fucking 95k first gear wheelie and i was just like fuck this i'm putting this in the I shed remember right I, did now. A, I did an event one day like i'd never ridden on the street nothing i did an event for danny's my leather suit company yeah. in portugal and they had like a cbr 1000 there for me and like they closed the road we had, we had a police escort and like it was on open street and I'm like nah it's fucking thousand cc oh, piece of shit you know street bike <laughs> I'm like what and it went what and lit up on the road I was like oh this is not normal <laughs> I'm like I'm not riding one of these things on the road oh that's exactly what I thought like, I thought you know for me asphalt's asphalt it's the same every track pretty much you know one's a little more grippy than the next but this stuff was like ice it just went what and I was like mm, that's not good <laughs> let's put this back yep. on the shelf I will not do that again <laughs> yeah I remember thinking like 
because I used to be like doing sales and I'd be selling them and I'd never fucking rode one. I'm like, yeah, ah, and then this and this. Heaps of power, mate. Right, right. And then it's after that, I was like, oh, how much riding have you done? Because I've fucking rode bikes my whole life. And they're like, oh, I'm going to get my license and then I'm looking at this thing. And as soon as I heard anyone say that, I'm like, are you sure? Mate, that? I don't want this commission, bro. Because it's it, I get it's commission your and your funeral for the same fucking thing. And I don't want to have that shit. Because yeah, they are so fucking fast to just buy one off no, the No, no, it's eh? nuts, dude. I got a one now in Europe, um, a Panigale V4. And like, I got... Uh, Is that a Ducati? Ducati Superbike, the 1000cc from Ducati, oh, yep, the newest yep. one. And like, I go and do... Like, I rocked up this year at... Moto2 were testing in uh, Catalonia and I was like, fuck it, I'll go and ride. So I got the same <laughs> tyres. I literally <laughs> take the Moto2 tyres and I take them, put them and I rocked up my van. My bike's still got the horn and everything on it. Literally, <laughs> they took the lights off. It's like got a, a race fairing instead of having like the lights and yeah, shit. It's yeah. just got a fiberglass black fairing. That's yeah. it. I've still got the horn, everything. And um, on the front straight in Catalonia, standard brakes the whole lot. I was getting 309 on the on the gps i was getting like 316 on speedo wow and that's a standard bike standard brakes all lot. the things going into turn one the brakes just fucking melting pad you can almost see the pad <laughs> flying off it they were just glowing oh it's pretty gnarly that they can actually fucking make those things eh? and honestly the way the electronics and everything are now on the the latest like street bikes is fucking good the wheelie controls great like you can have it to a good degree where it's yeah. not too much wheelie but it's just enough and like the traction control slide control it's unreal yeah no they can make you you can get you in a lot of trouble let's say that because <laughs> you can be going very fast by the time you do come off so do you remember then that the first laps that you did on the thing like and yeah. it was you did you think straight away you'd made the right choice or were you going like Fuck. oh i felt good like i was on the first year i went to moto gp honda promised me and nikki hayden and like eugene laverty and these guys they promised us this fucking absolute weapon is this open honda and it was honestly just shit it was really <laughs> shit they were on Magneti Morelli, which was coming in 2018 or 17. No, 16. It came. I was on it in 15. On the Morelli already in 16, uh, 15. And they didn't give a shit because Honda made their own electronics. They didn't give a shit. But because we were on the open bike, we had to run the Magneti Morelli software. Oh, yeah. And it didn't fucking work. It had cut so aggressive. As soon as tyre get worn, you'd nearly have to turn the shit off. <laughs> and it was just rubbish. But, like, I mean, in my first year, I've... A lot of people look at it as like, oh, he fucking struggled so much. But, dude, I'd, I beat Nicky Hayden in the championship. It was a former world champion in yeah, MotoGP. Yeah, yeah. I'd just come from fucking Moto3. Moto2. Moto3. Oh, Moto3, yeah. I'd just come from... He was already there. He'd just gone from factory Ducati yeah. to the Honda. And I'm like, I beat him in the championship. Eugene Laverty, Formula Race winner in Superbike and stuff like that. I beat him in the championship. It was on the same same equipment. And they're all going, oh, he had a shocking season. I was like, are you really looking at the same fucking shit I'm looking at? Like, <laughs> I am trying my best. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I rocked up a bit overweight and stuff like that. The first race of the season was just, thought I was like, once I got off the Moto 3 where you don't have to, where you're constantly watching what you're eating. Yeah. I was like, ah, I'm got the I'm Moto GP. Diet. Got that Moto GP contract. I'm, I'm set, boy. I got <laughs> horsepower days. I can just eat what I want. No, and I blew up like a balloon. So I was like, oh, that's not going to work. I can't imagine you fat. Yeah, it's not. A, it, my head just turns into a balloon. That's the biggest thing. The main thing that gets fat is mine. Like I get the, the <laughs> just get the big noggin. The chins and the gut. That's it. Legs stay like that. It's <laughs> one longer than the other. Oh, and one longer than the other and just skinny. You look like <laughs> Kathy Freeman. Um, what was like? 
what was your or how did people take you like because you're about as fucking awesome bogan as it gets like it's, <laughs> it's where you're from so am i fucking yeah. love it but it's like how did people in europe take that shit like did you think that you were kind of like misunderstood in a way like when you were in europe or is it hard to in like a way, be yourself in a way but you sort of understand how to behave around them but i find like people sort of like are attracted to that mm, kind of like I they want to be around there's like fucking disaster or whatever you <laughs> want to call it like this controlled disaster so they want to go and hang around with him because he's like it's a good time he's a good time that's what it was like for me in america all the boys would just be like want to hang out fucking going out with jace because yeah. we know that something some, some some wild shit is gonna happen yeah. there's gonna be drowning in a sea of exactly. pussy and we'll be fucking exactly. lighting it up till sunday <laughs> <laughs> sound like you frank <laughs> but i mean it's true like it people true. people really do like they, they attract like you know you get there's the an odd energy, one yeah. or one but but yeah people enjoy like I, I like to think i'm a friendly dude i like people like to hang out with me and i like to hang out with people so i think i never really had a problem let's say in that with finding friends and racing and stuff like that and but do you think what the they me, were all the thinking i always kinda... thought i was a little bit fucked in the head i think <laughs> is the is the correct way of saying it because i mean they like this, kids, this kid's nuts <laughs> you know from running off the track to every nearly every exit of the corner and stuff like that they're like in like massive crashes and still get up and they're like this dude's not normally what is in his head nothing <laughs> but i'm like this is nothing you should see what i used to do at home when there's no one watching <laughs> i'm dying <laughs> yeah but like do you think that I don't know. It was like media and teams. Like, do you ever felt like? Yeah, I, feel I like had. It's I had around to, for you a bit now. Yeah, right? it is now. I had to. Because it sucks when you have to act a certain way. Like, you did you feel like you had I to did, act a I certain did. way to fit in? You couldn't yeah, be yourself. Percent, hundred percent. What was that like? Well, you know, people they love you when you're going good, but they hate you when you're going bad. Mm. You know, and like um, that first year. Well, when I rode already. I started like I had the wild, wild hair when I was younger because I can grow like a mad fro. <laughs> it's just curly shit, and I had this massive fucking mullet. <laughs> You're such a dick. And um, oh, like I dyed it red one year and like shit like that. <laughs> and then like when I was in Moto Three, I had like a fat mullet, and it was sick. And like everyone loved it. And then it was like as soon as I went Moto GP, and you know we weren't doing that great. It was like he's fucking out of control. Uh, Look at his hair, da 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 da. da. So, like, so it's like the same shit that they loved you for. All yeah, three exactly. They'll applaud you, and then the next week you, you they're like, ah, look at him, he's out of control. Yeah. Look at his hair, and they're like, Fuck. I was like, what? It's been like this. And I like had to work out like what you could do and what you couldn't. Yeah. Because the same way, and like other other areas that like they'd applaud you for it when you're winning or yeah. doing what you were doing. As soon as you start having a tough moment, that will just that will be your immediate downfall. Yeah. So you just have to sort of. And like, how does it make you feel when it's like that? When you're because well, you're, you're young, young like as you're well. a kid. Yeah, you're just like, all right. I guess I can't show to everybody. You know, I was too open. Let's say at the start. Yeah. I was like, well, can't be like that anymore. Yeah, it sort of sucks though. But I feel like nowadays, it's sort of circling back around. It's coming where back. People like want to see your personality, but you're probably you've probably changed for the better to where it's like you're more because do you think you were doing the hair and stuff for like different reasons than what you do now or was not it really, always not like, really it was just always because fuck it like it's, it's funny make fun, people yeah. laugh yeah 
that was it like it was nothing it was, wasn't because i was like fuck i need a mullet you know yeah, i was like yeah. it was a joke i was making a joke out of myself yeah and then i was like fuck it shaved the hair off and i was like well that's that gone and i was like all right i'll go the straight edge fucking yeah but does it, is it as fun it is it's the same like you still have the same amount of fun but you just don't have it yeah you don't show people that you're having fun you do it yourself and you want in your own time but you don't go and do the things that mm. with those certain people who are gonna fucking go back to somebody else and say oh listen he's doing this and that the other yeah. you know he, we, we went to the club the other night after the race you know he had a good result we went to the club and we were there till one in the morning yeah and they're like fucking you know they'll just use that to bring you down so you just don't go to after race parties or if you do keep go with a good a bit, yeah. go with a good group and you know what you're doing and don't ever like you can't let your hair down and those kind of things if yeah. you want to let your hair down and watch I've learned yeah, I come and enjoy place. my time at home with my friends on the farm yeah and nobody there is going to be taking photos or carrying on or anything like that when yeah. you're fucking around literally it's just stupid shit putting your ass out or something like that and yeah that'll be enough to, to get your ass like, ripped in I guess it sort of is like a small price to pay for a pretty dope lifestyle no, it is, of like 100%. getting the right amount of GP 100% 100%, 100%. like it's just the the let's say it's just a maturity kind mm. of thing and you learn what what like everybody everybody i think yeah. every job has it and you just learn how to deal with it and what you need to do to get the best out of your job that you that you're doing yeah because i feel like you are a very mature dude for 20 like you're actually immature as fuck in so many ways yeah, in so <laughs> many ways but, but i think like underneath it all well if you've i mean, been forced to grow up pretty definitely quickly. definitely like 16 i end up 16 yeah when, when sonia left so um yeah, I was in Europe alone at 16. Yeah. <laughs> well, halfway through when I was 16, but so you 16 got to, years old. So what, what season were you in when your mum left? First year of Moto 3. Yeah, right. My dad was with his mates in a, in their buggies. Dad rolled it, pretty much just, uh, rolled it, buggy landed on his face, crushed his face. Fuck, really? his thing open and he died for like three minutes. Wow, I didn't know that. And then, um, yeah, they end up getting him the thing he was in coma for like three days and this was on the saturday night when i was in Mizano. wow and mum woke me up in the middle of the night she's like dad's had an accident like marnie's on the phone she's like dad's had an accident basically we don't know if he's gonna make it through the night i've got I'm booked this flight such and such time i'm going home what are you doing i'm like well fuck let's qualify today i'm going like i got a race tomorrow like I've done this before and it's not a nice feeling. I'd rather be here and then I can yeah. at least get updated live by life. Like you were feeling like the whole Hayden thing all the over again. The whole thing over again. Yeah. And I was like, nah, I'm 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 staying here, I'll do, do Fuck, this. That would have been heavy, bro. Dude, luckily he pulled through, he's got a hard head on him and but he I mean like if you look at my dad now to what he was, like he's got a complete different nose. Like he had a massive nose like mine now, it's kinda of flat. Like <laughs> they had to take bone out of his hip and reconstruct both his eye sockets. Like Fuck. his fucking eye was hanging out. It was wow. not nice. So I rolled the roll, uh, the ranger, like the buggy. Yeah. And he like went to go out to hold it up and then the fucking whole thing just sort of, he tripped over a rock oh. and it just came down and literally split him through here. The biggest thing was it cracked the back of his head and released the pressure out the back. Wow. And it was fucking pretty heavy. Dude, you've had some gnarly shit. There's been some stories. <laughs> There's a couple there. So what, you, before you were saying like the biggest thing for kids going to Europe, just get 
prepared to be alone how hard is it be alone like, be have a lot of downtime especially coming from a place like australia and going to europe it's just you got to get ready for the downtime well yeah because you just always had the boys around you're doing the farm thing like that's it it's the same way you go we to grew do, up you go to doing fuck all literally no motorbikes nothing you how'd you deal with that shit it was hard it was hard like that's why like like getting back to like when i got arrested on that scooter and shit you just try and fucking i was always something to do a hyperactive kid so i was always looking for shit i go to skate park smash my teeth out when my parents weren't there had to lay in them lay in the motorhome with the nerves exposed for three days waiting for mum and dad to come back from germany and like it's just shit like that you just get into more trouble (laughs) well like mentally though because like isolation is not something that people deal with that well like do you remember you gotta have a good mental strength i feel yeah do you remember it getting better for you like you actually developed that mental strength Mm -hmm. like do you remember what that process was like yeah definitely and you know you learn to sort of adapt to it or enjoy it let's say and i feel that's what i did i just you learn to become your own best friend let's mm. say like you can have like you know we we're sitting in before and i'm saying about how i'm chatting in my head like yeah. that's literally what i do yeah when you're sitting there you got no one else to chat to you fucking almost it's almost like you're going insane but but it, it you just understand how to deal with shit and it's uh it's become normal so i think like you say you do have to have like that what you gotta have that goal in mind of what you're focused on and mm. why you're here and why you started the whole fucking thing in the first place yeah and then from then on everything becomes a lot easier do you end up like visualizing racing just constantly or like your goals and shit you do you do like i, f- I find myself i do th- you know just again like that word i can't pronounce what is it sub- subconsciously like subconscious, yeah that y- i find myself subconsciously thinking about shit that i want to happen and like yeah. i do vision vision a lot of stuff yeah because I think that shit's like crazy powerful, eh? And when you do have... For sure. Because I, I mean, I can... No, no, 100%. Like, I'm a bit firm believer in like Tony Robbins and that sort of shit and yeah. using the power of positive thinking. Like, I wasn't in the past, but I have become like a massive fan of, you know, if you fucking picture it and you really believe in it that much, like, that's all I've actually done my whole life. Is like, just will shit into existence. Exactly. You think about it hard enough and long enough and you work, you do not only just think about it, you yeah. do the right things to get it there, it'll happen. Yeah. It'll happen. If you can picture it, it can happen. Did like, you... It's just all to do with the, uh, like, Tony Robbins. I love listening to his shit and what he's got to say about, like... Uh, do you? So you do listen to that sort yeah. of shit? Some of it. Yeah. Don't worry, I'm not there listening to the business ones about, yeah. you know, da, 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 how to make myself a multi-millionaire. I don't, that doesn't interest me in whatsoever. <laughs> that. That's, that, that, if I do that enough, it, hopefully it will, we'll see. But uh, no, just like about achieving goals and stuff like that. I love listening to that sort of things and using like the, the power of positive thinking. Yeah, because I've been getting into like listening to books more when I'm like doing flights and shit, and I've always been a big reader. That's me. I've n- but I've never been a reader. Yeah. Never. But I can listen to like audio books, and the only book I've ever actually read is Mike Tyson's autobiography. Yeah, really, dude. Unreal, you know how though. many people have told me that that's fucking awesome. Unreal. If 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 you can read it, it'll be a fuck. It's a wild, like a wild autobiography. Yeah. You know another one that's fucking really good, dude. That you would froth on is Anthony. Nikitas from uh, this, the from red, the red, red hot, hot chili, chili peppers. peppers, yeah, dude. His I've got is, it at home, actually. Do I do. My brother bought it for me, and I haven't read it, dude. It is wild. Everyone said about that, like from the first pages too. Like it's not a book that like takes a bit to get into it. And then I've just started reading Flea, the bassist. Yeah, I've yeah. just started reading his, 
then man, he had a fucking crazy wild childhood as well. Well, he's he's actually from Australia. I've I've watched uh, watched things. Yeah, Flea's from Australia, but I've watched things on him as well. Like, Mm. about dad was a junkie. I think the first time he did heroin was when he was like 11 years old. He thought it was cocaine that was on the table. Like, I just like, I like, I watch a lot of documentaries a lot because, again, being in Europe. He's got time. He got so much time. I don't have English TV, so what I do are YouTube documentaries or uh, Netflix yeah. document- documentaries or Amazon Prime or whatever else tales. I can get on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I just try and... There's only so much fucking Breaking Bad and, yeah. you know, Suits and all these things that you can watch. You oh, sort you of got want to switch suits? it up. Yeah. Did you watch mind. all of that? Not all of it. I'm, see, it I find it hard. shit after a while. Exactly. Eh? It started getting shit towards the end, yeah. so I find it hard that to finish it. That chick was hotter than yeah. old Megan Markle. Megan. Fucking Jesus! <laughs> God damn, Megan! Oh, did you watch that shit, Franco? Franco, don't. He's been telling me all the drive up here. He doesn't even have time to scratch his back at the minute. Oh, he fuck. said he's Poor just Franco. burnt out. Poor Franco. He, he's moaning to me today. He's like, "Oh, I get home on Friday because last Friday or before Supercross Friday, he got in in the morning, and I'd already texted him like two days before. I got in on Thursday from Europe. You were in South Australia, and you're still moaning. And he's still and he's in like, South Australia. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like. Yeah, fuck. I'll come with you, man. No drama. So I picked him up in the morning, went to air, got my flat track bike, took it home. And then he's like, man, I don't think I can come. I'm like, fucking don't be a pussy. I managed to get like a couple beers into him so he'd like easier to persuade. Uh, come on, let's go. Yeah, fine. Bang. We got him there. And then we got back on Sunday at like seven and he flew out Monday, six in the morning, back to South Australia. So he's <laughs> up there and up there all weekend. Then again, last weekend, he come straight home for two days got the bike ready and then we drove to brisbane and then on sunday after brisbane he had to fly back down to south australia go back to work fuck he's like man i haven't even had time to scratch myself and i hey i didn't even have to persuade you to come here no he wasn't missing i was sitting there doing nothing sorry no he wasn't missing this no one's missing tonight exactly um fuck what was i gonna say I got sidetracked on Franco. I feel like everyone needs a Franco. They eh? do. Everyone needs a Franco. So <laughs> we got to make a shirt. Yeah. What? What was the? What? What was in the? Frank sh- we trust. In Frank we trust. Now wasn't there something else we were gonna put on a shirt the other day? You, you had the best one liner ever, eh? Fuck. I of can't what? remember, but he was rough. We need to. Um. Oh yeah, that's right. He didn't get out of bed till what eleven thirty or some shit. Had eh? three months building the bike and can't even make it to the race till eleven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> 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 perfect time he just got there after practice he didn't need to be there for practice why wasn't the dropper on it to start with nah why was it yeah why why uh, because they put the jump in and we were like oh how oh. big's the jump gonna be right because it was on a corner before so we're like Fuck, I don't really want to hang an exhaust so yeah true like go over the bars because of the exhaust so yeah that was a fun event man what was that called you're doing it again next I'll year do you're it. doing it I'll do it fucking no do it on it's the screen and eagle bro you got it man that'd be sick what was the event called North Brisbane Cup North Brisbane Cup at McDowan mm. Raceway yeah. what is it important to you just come home and do that kind I of fun shit I enjoy that kind of yeah. stuff like you get there's no like our grids and everything are nice but there's no it doesn't matter if it's a lucky say a club day at North Brisbane motorcycle club you don't get that feeling like you get when you sat on the start grids and every bike they you know alba da alba yeah you don't get that feeling anywhere else except for with the dirt bike yeah okay so it's like something you need to get yeah have you just never let go of the dirt bike thing because you're mm. so up to date on the whole motocross and supercross and you know a lot of these dudes and you're like you're in the thick of it i mean fuck you built us the melbourne supercross track and you are actively trying to race 
Do people know that you were going to try and race lights? Mm, not really. <laughs> was it supposed to be out there? Yeah. I, 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 now we can say whatever we want, but yeah, a little more time and I would have gone out there. Like going down there, I could have had a go. Let's say I, I wouldn't have looked that flash. Like I had all the rhythms and everything like that. It was just because uh, you got the, the Dirtworks boys to come and do. Yeah, the, Pro Tracks, Pro, oh, Pro Tracks, Tracks, Pro yeah. Tracks. Josh coming. Josh and Quinny come up and built my joint. And yeah. Quinny ripped out the uh, electricity. The old man was not happy. But uh, no, we good luck fi- doing anything about that. But with Quinny, he's a fucking oh, massive unit. He's eh? a legend. <laughs> and no, nah, but we built that, and like I got everything down. Honestly, most of it easier than I expect. Like I've rolled supercross tracks in that America and stuff like that before, but I wanted to do it on my own terms in my own place. Like yeah, not, not have wires and shit on you. Exactly, and then like got everything down really quick quicker than i expected let's say but except the whoops yeah your bike I mean, was too soft but eh? way too soft yeah fucking franco did you do that mm. uh, the day before he doesn't give me much time <laughs> yeah fair enough then <laughs> <laughs> he's ordered springs and shit now so we're getting it sorted but it's too hot at the minute but oh, uh, it's bad up there Primac right? got me I, I teed up before the last race i'm like oh can you get me because they do all the lighting towers now for uh oh. for um Kennards and coats in australia right. and i looked on the internet and i was like to my boss at primark i'm like hey i see you guys are doing lighting towers you know what's the chances of of getting a couple he's like oh, i'll give you two and i'm like well i kind of need four i'll pay for them <laughs> yeah and he's like yeah okay i'll give you two and you know we'll give you like cost price on two more and i'm like perfect and then i went and got party in the last race this was literally just before it and then i contacted him on like the thursday after race because we had testing and everything and he's like hey so you don't really need to move them that much do you and he's like well i got these ones that that, that like you can i said no dramas i'll pick them up with a forklift and move them like, yeah. yeah like i got a forklift at home and he's like okay i'll send you four of these no problem for free like so i'm waiting on them to arrive because once they're there then i'm fucking gold dude that's sick so you're gonna have a supercross track under your house mm-hmm. that's mint i can't wait yeah have you got whoops there though yeah they're big oh so they're like they're, that's the thing like i started going through them before it was in between thailand and japan and like it wasn't great let's say that like <laughs> i was missing probably about 10k an hour i want to say yeah and i was like man that's a lot to make i'm up. not gonna do this right now before i gotta go and like do the thing i actually get paid to do yeah. next weekend like and you know that i'm supposed to be doing i'll show you yeah, I got a, I got a video. Say. Like it wasn't bad, but it wasn't fucking. It wasn't good. Wasn't great either. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. We'll find it here. Yeah, because I can imagine that the old um, MotoGP Pramac boss isn't like frothing on he you. He was not stoked. Yeah, when I put the photos up of like the track being built, they were not stoked. They were like, "What's this for, Rara?" That's fucking awesome. What do we got here? Where's whoops? Whoops for first day, and then I like just put myself a cheetah line around them yeah i was gonna say you kind of got to townley <laughs> was, was did you hear all that shit with townley like trying to make me hit his whoops at his place was he yeah and i like all i said was he's so soft he just <laughs> he, like, who been the old bun i just said to him i was like he just put up a thing like trying to talk shit on ricky i rode with him once ben did in, you know uh, when he um when he uh signed for factory suzuki in europe remember oh, when he made the comeback oh yeah yeah yeah. This i was just riding in spain and like him everts and all the boys were there and like it was flat and like i was going pretty good that day like you can ask <laughs> ben i was going pretty good but the next day i went to red sand and completely fucking smashed my 
bottom of my leg in a million pieces. Wow, really? Yeah, like Tib Fib, the whole like knuckle of the. Fuck. What? So what's? Here, give us There's the people for the JR80. <laughs> Wait, answer it right now. Just do it. I'm not answering it. <laughs> Frank, <laughs> contact him, bros. <laughs> That'd be funny. Tell them it's for Jack Miller and see if they do your deal. They won't, man. She's like wanted to go over the specs and shit for me. I'm oh. like, dude, I just want to do a burnout. I don't care about the bike. As long as it lasts, like it's a JR80. They it's will gonna run last backwards. eighty seconds. They last forever. You'll never kill it. Like it could be here next year when we come back to do burnouts. <laughs> they are that good, dude. Speaking of Ben, that's what we need. That's the trip we need to do. Is we need to go to his house again, dude. My dad froths over it because like really? being from New Zealand and like oh. he grew up riding in those hills, dude. We should he's like, we should take the boys. One he's day. like, man, have you seen Ben? Look at the track Ben's at today. He's like Ben's number one fan really because he's like in new zealand just riding these beautiful big bulldozed oh. into hills just nice motocross tracks so, so i changed the phone and like it's taking that ages to yeah, so. taking ages oh, to oh yeah you're on that on the cloud boy i'll just try and get you on the wi-fi real quick oh i don't even know if i know the password actually ah uh, we can we can do that on another episode yeah fuck it but you went through the whoops and you were... i got through them like not bad but also the suspension was bottoming out every time i hit each warp it's going dunk 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 to the bottom and like trying to fucking kick me out of the bar so it wasn't too much fun but yeah i love motor <laughs> um so when you uh when you signed and you were you did that first year of moto gp so when did the ball start rolling of the of like that i guess moto gp success because like well the second year like in my second year in moto gp and i won the wet race in assen yeah right and that was like completely out of the blue i think some some bloke i remember some bloke messaged me how much did Tommy win? Uh, it was. It was. A, it was. Do we know what he? It was five. There was five numbers in it. So what's that? A hundred grand? Or yeah, I think it really? So what's that? Like for? just like a mate. What did he have? Like, what did he have? Like fifty bucks on it? He put hundred dollars on you every round. Yeah. What? He put hundred bucks on me every round. And I think I was like fucking. Like a hundred, hundred and one to yeah. one or something. It was yeah, fucking. How much month. did he win? Like a hundred grand. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, it was, mad, but there was more. Like I used to get messages for ages on Instagram and shit. People like who put five bucks on me and won like fucking fifty grand. And it was like, <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Jesus! I'm like, where's my my cut? What, that, they probably made more than you did. Yeah, they did. What was your bonus for winning that race? Nah, I was alright actually. Because it was out <laughs> right. of blue, like and like they weren't expecting me. My so bonus, you had like big bonuses bonuses. were big. Yeah, uh, it was a good like. It was a good. Was it five figure day? It was a good five figure day. Fuck. A bit over that. How good did it feel when you unreal. actually started unreal. making good money? Un- unreal. Like, but like the first, you know, a lot of it's just going back to the oldies. Yeah, paying back, you know, getting shit. So yeah, what's that? And what's that time. like then for you? Like, so you 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 watch your parents struggle. No dramas. You like see for me that. to give them, I'll give them whatever they need. Like. They gave me whatever they yeah. need, whatever I needed. So now, when whenever they need something, I'll be more than happy. You know, I'll do whatever I can for them because I mean, I watched them. They never questioned. They never said, you know, well, oh, I don't think we can do that. Mm. They were never like that. They were like, if you want to do this and you're serious about this, we'll do it. Like, yeah. Because some people it's like massive for like parents to do that and put that much trust in such a young kid mm. or have that belief. But my dad. I think he'd seen it in my eyes from from years years yeah. of you know watching me at racing and seeing what I wanted to do and the thing is man like even you know I sort of had a bit of a moment this year when like me and Maddie were doing the Transmoto uh, the six hour 
and we're just doing laps and dad's running around and like it's a fucking enduro and he's like scraping the mud off every part of our bike and you well, know i saw like, pete the other day he, he was he doing, loves the, same it. He's thing, doing yeah. the same thing my bike just at a fucking north brisbane like he didn't come there to spanner franco arrived late and pete was first one to step up to the plate yeah that's like, he I, loves it like i mean i just think that's what dads that's do what and, dads do and especially it, moto dads they just love it and it would have been the thing where it's and like, i mean like can you imagine like especially like you guys from kansas from townsville the hours that they like when oh. we were kids dude we just park up in the back of the car and go yeah. to sleep and, like they were the ones that had to grind all day or all night get home and then he'd go to work monday morning yeah back to work and like oh i gotta fucking sit in the classroom and yet i was sleeping all night and then i gotta sleep all, all day and it's in the classroom it's like fuck dude they were not easy they well that's what i did the drive for melbourne supercross right and I just don't think that people in, like, my normal life that aren't in, like, moto, especially, like, I got the jiu-jitsu friends that I got and then the people that I meet through the podcast, and then they're like, fuck, I can't believe you drove to Melbourne for just that, just for that race. And I'm like, bro, it was 19 hours or something. I was like, man, my dad would finish work at 3 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Pick you up from school. Load up all the shit, and he, he would drive by himself through the night We'd rock up at like Harvey Bay or Coolum. He would have his fucking eyes hanging out of hanging his head. Out. That's what dad goes to me the other day when we we're at Brisbane. He's like, most of the time I was walking around here, I had fucking blurry eyes. Like, yeah. I remember pulling up. Like they'd pull up in the in front of the gates. Like Mike Hatcher's here in the Goldie. He'd pick me up from school, drive down here and we'd park in the fucking gates at like whatever time in the morning, yeah, like four in the morning there, yeah. or fucking five in the morning. He'd have not even an hour and a half two hours sleep gates had open we're first in line so we gotta go through so he's gotta get up then yeah and drive the bikes in the pits and fucking scrutiny and mechanic for me all day yeah if he was lucky you'd get a full night's sleep that night in the hotel or in the van yeah. wherever we were and then sunday same again pack her all up and win lose or draw doesn't matter he's still yeah. looking swiping the credit card driving the car you know oh that sucks we failed this weekend but hey here's, yeah, an, some- here's another fucking five hundred dollars worth of fuel to get you home yeah and then sometimes you'd end up in hospital i remember maddie one year at the must have been the queensland titles he you know the the whoops in the back at woodstock maddie Mm -hmm. went like triple triple and like the first triple man seat bounced it and went off the line a bit hit a hole and just went fucking doodle doodle over the bars and the thing just slammed him ruptured his kidney he had to spend fucking 10 days in townsville hospital it's just like it's all that shit I've eh? seen shit dude I've yeah. seen shit and it's like it just you know the the whole driving to Melbourne to the Supercross to do the podcast it just doesn't seem like that big a deal after everything after we they, went through they as used kids to do, yeah. yeah like you see what they used to do and you're like hey fucking man up would you and just do it it's a it's kind of when you grow up a mo- like a motocross kid though it's kind of crazy all of the shit that you can sort of do that like normal people can't do whether it's like like you said driving a car at seven and all this kind of like crazy well, shit i grew up, up like doing. dad being he had the drilling company and like i remember the first like my pop taught me how to drive when i was like he bought me my first car at seven but i'd already started driving like six on their farm and then like i was like eight years old we were out near uh out near uh cloncurry a little bit further out yeah, it yeah. Was. It might have even been in the tenement i can't remember exactly that's how long ago it was and literally dad and i drove up in the gxl cruiser he got out hopped in the drill rig and he said right just follow me not too close 
I drove for 180 kilometers by myself, eight years old, following dad on a fucking phone book in a GXL cruiser. So good, eh? Greatest day of my life. Yeah. I was there playing with the radio, thought it was fucking awesome. Just <laughs> following dad just across the desert. Unreal. Dude, we had, a, we had a day when we were kids. I would have been maybe eight or nine, I reckon. And we had an old 60 series Land Cruiser. It was a fucking four-speed diesel That would have been unreal for a farm car. Oh, bro. It was the... It was a, it was like the sickest rally car ever. We used to... Another story. We used to... Dad would be the president of the footy club when we played footy. Mm-hmm. And so they'd do the working bees like super fucking early on Saturday mornings before all the games started. Just to prep it, yeah. And then we would take the Land Cruiser. They had like a paddock that this old footy field used to be on near the mangroves. Nice grass. Long ass fucking grass and it was always wet because of the mangroves. And we, we went out and made a track in there. And like this thing used to be go from fourth to second. Compression locker. Just compression locker. Yeah. And you used to just fucking slide this thing Best one I had was I had a VP... I don't know how I got it or why fucking somebody ever did it. I had a VP Commodore my pop bought for me. And it had a Nissan (laughs) Patrol motor in it. Diesel... (laughs) I had a diesel Commodore. <laughs> I'm not. I don't have any ideas. It was gutless and heavy as shit. It didn't even do good skids. Like it would have been way better if it was just the commie. But I don't know how it ended up like it. But I ended up. It was a great farm car because you never had to put petty in it compared yeah, to like if you had a Commodore. Shit. It was just fucking put a bit of diesel in away you go. Well, this this one day, dude, I would have been like eight or nine. We went we went fishing up. Um, our uncle used to run the Burktown pub. Oh yeah so we would go up there every school holidays man we'd stay at the pub fucking just watch fights every night and <laughs> it was the fucking best shit ever and uh, we'd just go fishing and shooting and rally driving and have the bikes up there but there was one year where it fucking pissed down and we had a boat trailer on the back we had this old cruiser and dad got to like the first river crossing and it was just fucking like Farted. up to the guts just tire tracks and mud we barely got through the first crossing it took eight and a half hours to go 140 k's and dad got got up on the back side of that first crossing and he's like jace you're gonna have to drive because they got fucking shovels and were like digging the boat trailer out yeah so i drove for eight hours 140 k's and i <laughs> while it, they were shoveling while they were shoveling you had you had a good job then you got the good job but it was I remember Matty it was like it had a bench seat in the thing yeah and Matty was in the middle and then my buddy Scotty Idek was in the and that fucking gearbox tunnel gets so hot oh it gets so hot in there you touch it and like that is like it might did it have vinyl or did it have nothing yeah brown vinyl if you get the fuck even the vinyl you put your leg on especially on a hot day like (laughs) that's the worst to do road trip in they were so bad I remember no the old man used to go you want air gone and then he kicked the fucking little the thing flap the flap on the, on the floor yeah, and yeah. Poof, it was not too bad then <laughs> i remember every time you used to have to sit in the middle of the thing and fucking burn your burn feet you. you'd put your feet up on the dash mm. but yeah that was the greatest day of my life man I'll never, I'll never forget that day driving eight hours in the car by myself we had the fuck it had a tape deck no cd playing none of that shit crank her up and we had we played mum would never let us play rodney rude so, <laughs> had like, the cassettes there yeah, yeah. so <laughs> so i said to maddie there was a there was a green uh styrofoam cassette like tape thing and dad had all these all fucking of it tapes lined in up. there all of them lined dad up dad had the same oh bro and it used to be fucking under the seat <laughs> and then i'd go Pull it as up. soon as dad and john were in the back i'd go maddie 
fucking put Rodney Roode on and like and yeah, there was that one where that song Living Next Door to Alice yeah. and like we used to just nah look. that's Kevin Bloody Wilson yeah that was Kevin same, yeah, same so one though that, but yeah he had the next the yeah Rod, Rodney Roode the whole lot fuck that was the same dude Kevin yeah. Bloody Wilson put Kevin Bloody Wilson hey Santa Claus you can't yeah. all that <laughs> fucking great and as your kid you just think that is the fucking funniest thing you ever heard but most dudes don't grow up like that eh nah it's not it's not common especially nowadays it's definitely yeah. not common anymore how much of that shit like helps when you get to like the MotoGP level like well, I think in shit? life in general I think yeah. it just gives you life skills you understand how to handle situations a lot better <laughs> like nothing's too much of a drama like yeah. like I said when I was uh, like, like kids and Pity and I used to go riding like, you'd have a chain break in the middle of a fucking bush and you'd sit there for two hours with fucking tire wire or you'd go and cut a bit off a fucked out fence that you found lying around somewhere yeah and wire your chain back up you know you learn how to problem solve I feel yeah. like you learn how to problem solve so much as a as a kid when you're submersed in, in that sort of situations yeah so you just nothing's ever too like I never get too flustered about anything you know it's just like, <laughs> oh well we'll fix it it is what it Literally is it is what it is we can't change it now no he's crying over spilled milk yeah because you definitely see guys that would be you know on the paddock and that you'd be racing that they just don't have never that, had that same experience. sort never. of experience never no no exactly so it's, it's it's cool like they 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 got their own sort of thing and you know whatever they did you know that would have been special to them but fuck dude, i lived i had the greatest childhood I, I think anyone could ever imagine like i was the ultimate like i wouldn't change it for anything yeah well it's funny though like because how many people like you said you started making proper money and you're just like yep giving it straight back to my parents you would have seen i've seen a lot you of families. Seen that shit get fucked up right oh for sure for sure i'm so many so I'm, look the stories are endless the stories are endless but do you remember watching some of that stuff like oh i've seen it firsthand with did with you see it before you made money yeah, yeah and what how did that shit make you feel back then i was thinking well, this is fucking weird like it's just in the end it's just money like, yeah i mean fuck money comes and goes but your family is there forever i mean okay i'd understand completely if your fucking oldies weren't you know if they would just sit sort of sitting around mooch and not really want to do anything but my dad's out fucking every day grinding yeah. every day and you know if i can help him you know if we've got a goal together that we want to you know, obtain and fucking get everything back that we had before so yeah like it's not like he's sitting on his ass at home sort of just like, wait for you to do it yeah he's fucking out there grinding as well trying to do his thing you know he's got a, a company in cambodia now they're starting up where they've got like six rigs over there now drilling like he's he's fucking grinding flat dude flat mm. so he but honestly i don't know i keep telling him he has to slow down because he's gonna burn himself out but i think if he did slow down he'd go nuts yeah yeah you do see that eh? like the guys because jutz's dad's the same man like pete is just a fucking animal man just a workaholic just absolutely grinds dude and same as my dad like my dad needs two fucking knee replacements so he can barely get around oh, i seen him the other day and then he's like no he reckons i had that jab on his knee and now he's feeling all right he was fucking straight back onto it yeah but he worked he works in a brick factory dude he's fucking nearly 60 years old and we're just like hey man you you should quit eh? you could probably retire if you want to dad just chill <laughs> yeah but just can't do it eh? no he's on it worse for him worse for him yeah, like i look at my that. pop my pop he still works now loves it he tried quitting mm. he went nuts so he's like fuck that i'm going back to work when um when did you first um do like phil do you remember the first time you did phillip island and like that feeling of being back in australia was it weird to go 
to be in Europe for so long and then oh, like but come I used home. to I used to come home like in the winters and yeah, stuff like okay. that. Like I'd, I'd always come back, but the first time racing in Phillip Island was nuts. Like the feeling of being home and actually getting to compete at you know the top level because that would have been like a bit of a i'm assuming for every aussie that does MotoGP, that would be like the holy grail to like do well there yeah definitely and i've been fortunate enough you know to to win the moto three there and then of course this year to get the podium there was just fucking nuts like it was better than anything i've ever imagined That's and that so was just sick. a podium dude like, yeah you say just a podium but i've worked my guts out to get the podium so yeah. I mean, it's massive for me but uh it, it it's nuts it is like it is i can't even it's indescribable yeah because it was that that great of a feeling does do you look at that race though like as an aussie as like that's like the one you yeah, want to win definitely definitely like i want to win as many as i can but for yeah. sure that one and i don't know what it is i'm, I'm i've been fortunate enough and uh, in my career that i'm i find an extra gear when i get home I, I, I just seem to love the track i love the vibe you know the stressful weekend you're doing shit here shit is there it, everywhere. Is it it's, more a, it's, it's a stressful weekend but i feel in that you got that extra power it sort of lifts you a little bit mm, as well yeah like you sort of got more energy because like i it. said you just sort of feels like you're pulling extra gear and you're like right let's go yeah what was it like to win on the moto moto three bike then unreal unreal oh, it was because i needed it right at that point in time you know i was fighting for the championship which i ended up losing by two points oh yeah you did to alex marquez, marquez right? yeah and uh like i won that and um it was like i found like i had a couple of bad races like i fucked up in japan on the last lap i was leading and i got jammed and got run wide and like four bikes got underneath me yeah and it basically put the nail in my coffin and then it was sort of like like the championship was kind of done i think it was down like 27 points and yeah. it was like three races to go and i ended up clawing it back to two in valencia how was that that was tough how was that that's delight? a fucking tough pill to swallow yeah especially when you go over the line you won the race like i'd smoked them absolutely destroyed them in valencia i was fucking around slowing the group down and then rins his team rins his teammate at the time ran me off the track like i was pretty dirty but i was clean like i just kept running wide trying to get as many bikes in between myself and him oh yeah not dirty but i just sort of like running wide down. yeah doing what you gotta do Ren's mid corner just cleaned me up and then vinales got a gap because we fucked around yeah like in the last three laps i had to chase down like three and a half seconds and i chased him down and fucking caught him past him and then i was like there's nothing i can do now i can't even fucking slow it down and bring a group back together and yeah you know, see what happens so i was like fuck you just gotta go for it so i won it go to the line i knew what the what position i had to be in and what position he had to be in he had to get fourth and he got third uh, he had to get fourth for me to win the championship yeah and he got third like i went over the finish line i'm like fuck yes i won and i looked and i was just seen third and i'm like and it's like someone just fucking put their hand down your throat and just root your heart out it was really just, yeah like unreal unreal like happiness to immediately just fucking devastated you know the thing you've worked your whole life for and you just come up that short it was a tough really really tough pill to swallow and did you know that was going to be your last season in moto 3 yeah i'd already done all the contracts and everything like that for moto gp and like that's what i was thinking at the time was i'm going moto gp but i think i didn't deal with the the things at right at the time like um, what do you mean they say just like the letdown and stuff like that i think i, I, I carried a bit of that baggage to mm. the next season hence the reason you know, i said i arrived a little overweight and there's that the other i was kind of wouldn't say depressed but like just sort of fucking like let down at myself mm. because I, I won 
the most races that year i was fucking the strongest dude all year the bike wasn't the strongest that year but you know i rode really good and just came up two points short two yeah. points and then you go back through and you look at all the races that all the things you could have done could to have get done two better points. fuck dude <laughs> fucking so many do you reckon though that you learnt off that yeah. a lot yeah it, it it made me it like put me down but then i feel it's just brought me to a whole nother level level where you don't let shit fluster you so much yeah in that sort of sense you know do you have like people around you that you'd say are like mentors or like people you go to in those kind of like hard times or there's a few like i got aki and then cal was really good for me as well he helped me sort of understand uh things better and how to approach people in the paddock or how to be in the paddock and shit like that yeah because he was quite wild back in the day and just sort of explained a lot of things to me made everything a lot clearer yeah me, i think were you too wild at, at times you reckon little wild yeah when i was younger like for sure when i look back in that motor three season i could have done shit a lot better yeah a lot better a lot more professional why do you think you were wild like just young 18 first time you ever got a bit of money in your pocket yeah on the other side of the world you got no parents nobody to tell you no yeah so dude i struggled with that shit and i was making like 60 grand a year <laughs> when yeah. i first moved to america like and i was a fucking idiot yeah <laughs> i used to like yeah but i mean you're a you, you weren't an athlete i was meant to be yeah. an athlete and then i was trying to live this bucking both lifestyle i've seen it happen with the speedway boys and a few others you know yeah you go to the other side of the world you you know i had parents sort of you, know, you have parents your whole life telling you what to do and then you're fucking yeah. 17 years old 18 years old nobody telling you no nobody telling you you can't do this gotta go to bed at this time no yeah. do whatever you want dude that was like it's like a free-for-all it's quite dangerous it's, it's oh, almost like a yeah. recipe for disaster it is for sure I, like i wish people would understand like the josh hill podcast he was on like i'm pre- he didn't say it but i'm pretty sure his first um his first like amateur contract was worth like five mil hmm. and it's like why the fuck would you give a kid five million dollars like that's so dumb i was making i think when i first went to america and i was working for jdr i probably made like i did some extra shit on the side i probably made 70 grand us that that first year that i was there and i would i used to do dumb shit like i'd fucking put a dent in my surfboard like some someone had like run into me surfing and it'll like fuck my board so instead of like going in taking my wetsuit off taking it to a ding repair shop waiting a couple days get my board back I just go and buy another fucking buy thousand dollar surfboard. Like, I'd chuck that in the back of the year. Yeah, I'd go Forget literally one. buy the exact same fucking surfboard. Like just the dumbest shit that I used to do. And like we'd go to Vegas every three weeks. Mm. Like, every fucking See, I, three I weeks. I wouldn't do that. No, I, now I would have then, but I know Vegas ain't a place for me. That's not a place for me. <laughs> have you been to Vegas before? When I was a kid with oh, my parents. So you haven't been there. Never as a grown been up. there as a grown up. <laughs> and I, I went there and I saw what happens in Vegas. Just as a kid, you know, walking down the street going, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't need this in my life. And then I look at it and I'm like, you cannot be trusted in Vegas. You just <laughs> you just stay here. Like, Gold Coast is as far, uh, as close to Vegas as I'll go. Yeah, I was going to say, like, even, like, going to Goldie's even bad enough. Yeah, it's exactly. Or the wool shed on a Thursday night in Townsville. The wool shed? Yeah, they, the wool shed. They, oh, no, Mad Cow. Mad Cow. That's the one, that because they had one that was the same as Mad Cow. Yeah. She's, so that's the spot Mad left side there boy. have you had some wild nights in Mad Cow yeah exactly that's what I say to them though I get in enough trouble in Townsville like, yeah. I don't get into trouble but you can if you want I can if I want like <laughs> you know what I mean like it's not like I get in trouble but I get myself yeah 
I'm happy. Yeah. A night in Townsville is enough for me. I don't need anything more. I don't need to go and spend fucking stupid amount of money because I'm not a good gambler. Yeah. I know that for a fact. I'd <laughs> lose. I'd never walk out up. I'm that guy like, oh, I've made this. I'm going to double it. And then if I win, I'm going to double it again until it's not there anymore. You know, it's just... I'm not a good gambler, so I don't want to put myself in that position. Oh, uh, yeah. Vegas, Simple as that. Vegas ain't the place. Though. It's not for me. It's not for me. Townsville's place for me. So with, with like the, the MotoGP stuff, now that like, would you say that you feel solid that mm. it's like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, solid, I'm, I'm a like a career dude. In, I'm in, a guy there now, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. when did you start to feel that? Probably halfway through my first year in Ducati. Yeah, okay. Because I, I, I had the results, but no one really trusted me because I was on Honda. But my Honda was like three years older than the one Mark was on win, winning. Yeah. And like, so people definitely just, not. They just put you in the same boat. They think like, oh, if he's winning on that, then you must be able to win on that as well. Exactly. And uh, so I was like, no, nah, I'm, uh, you know. And I got the deal with Ducati, did that. And, and then I was like, fucking, you know what? Like, I, I am a boy. I'm like a guy here. I, yeah. I can take it to these guys. And then you sort of find an extra gear and then you're like, meh. They're not as fucking crazy as as you used to think, you know. They're not as stupidly talented or anything better than you are. And it was at that time that I started, you know, trying to really work more on the, on the just looking at things positively, yeah. Other than looking at the the negative side of shit. So would you look at a say like you look at a like a Rossi or a Marquez or like those bigger dudes? Would you look at them back in the day like they had something different to you? Mm yeah well not something different but i was thinking what the fuck are they doing different to me yeah what are they doing more more i didn't think i've always been the guy that they're like you know he's got talent so i never really question my mm. ability let's say it's just like what do i need to do what areas do i need to work on what do i need to focus on to try and become that dude like what is he doing differently and what did you think it was no just everything i look at pictures of of them on the bike what i'm on doing on the bike you know you start questioning how you ride the bike your style this that the other and in the end you just get comfortable on the bike and once you're comfortable that's the biggest thing yeah when, when you're comfortable you can fucking do amazing things how about you all, trust the bike how about all like the extra shit like around the the bike not not necessarily like the on the bike stuff but like what the data sort of sh- and everything like that and it's a fucking nightmare that's the biggest that was the hardest thing for me to set up is like through the race weekend how to prepare the whole race weekend so that when you arrive in the race you're as ready as you can be to go with your maps with your you know yeah so what have you got to do to prepare for a MotoGP race everything like we start on Friday and it's all about putting laps on the tyres but then you got to try and be inside the top 10 so you've got two 40 minute sessions on Friday yeah and then one in the morning on Saturday yeah 40 minutes so in that time you are trying to set up the bike for the race to a track that you haven't been at in a year you need to be inside the top 10 and if it's going to piss down on fucking either sat friday arvo and then saturday morning it can still be patchy yeah so you got to do a fucking lap time at the end of fp1 when the bike's not good and you got to throw tires at it and go hell for leather and try and get inside that top 10 so that you're immediately into the the q2 yeah it's like top 10 shootout sort of thing so it's like you're working on that but then at the same time you're trying to understand what the bike's doing what you need to change yeah how your electronics are working engine brake good here engine brake good there so can you change the engine brake corner by corner really mm-hmm. how do you do that they've got flaps in the exhaust they've got different things with the clutch there's so many different things they can do and so how also does it with firing order and stuff like that they can change it how does it change corner by corner with the gps are you serious mm-hmm. 
So your bike is different every corner. Mm-hmm. Not every corner, but like, fuck. So you're going to a fifth gear corner. You don't want like or like a fast corner where you're rolling off. You don't want the same engine brake as if you're trying to stop from you know 340 to 60k an hour. Really? So like, so you'll have when you're braking. So like first corner, like main straight 300. And then you're hitting the brakes to go into that turn. Your like your bike knows where the position that you're mm-hmm. on the track, and yeah. it'll change so that you have more engine braking. Yeah. What? Traction, power, everything. And so is it's up to you to like tell them you what set you it. want. Yeah. That seems they give like you a nightmare. It's a fucking nightmare to get your head around. Like you got to work it out, and you sit down looking at fucking computers with squiggly lines on them all days. <laughs> Especially for me, like I'm ADHD. I was gonna say, you're know, not you a squiggly go, line. You're just a squiggly line, yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> so trying to like do all that sort of shit is fucking like it's a mind fuck. Especially at the start, coming from Moto Three, where it's just throttle it's and brakes, yeah. pretty much. You got your lean angle and stuff like that, but not, oh, you don't even have lean angle. You got like your your uh, suspension graphs and stuff like that. But that's about it. So are there dudes that are good that are like? That's the thing as well. You got to have a good crew around you, a yeah. really good group like you data guy so the guy who's analyzing what you're doing the guy who's programming who's your electronic engineer and then a good crew chief a guy who can be in charge of those two plus the mechanics yeah so you need a whole package it's like not just the one thing it's like you need a good group of guys around you and so all understand and like the biggest thing in team sport like that like because it becomes a team sport then yeah like massively and you don't want him saying, yeah, 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 like he understands when he fucking doesn't. Mm. You know, and then you because need this guy here putting him in that. the check. Yeah, like a rider comes in and, fuck, I feel like he's doing, oh, yeah, 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 and they just say, yeah, yeah, and you're like, uh, no, that's not how it is. Have you had that before? Oh, yeah, plenty of times. And do you know that they're full of shit? I didn't at the start. Because uh. you try to give people the benefit of the doubt, but then you understand, hey, this kind of doesn't understand. <laughs> Honestly, you just sit there and you're like, I'm fucking beating my head against the wall help me really and how much difference can that make in like a lap time massive massive so it's like stupid like it's gnarly yeah especially and not only lap time for single lap time race distance and if you can prepare your maps that the bike is going to work from the start of the race to the end of the race when the tires deteriorating everything like that so you need to take the power down less and less but or you want to start low and then at the end of the race try and bring it up that that, that you've got enough tire to make the race because you'll you'll burn through the through the tire. So they can cha- can they change it on the fly or is once the bike's on the line it's on the line. Once it, the bike's on the line it's on the line. Yeah, we don't have live data like the Formula One. I was going to say because Formula One they can change shit. Eh? They can change shit while they're driving. Yeah, we don't have that. So we are like now they just put in like sending messages, so they can send us messages like say if it starts raining and or or if it's wet and then it's going dry and someone's already put slicks on before it was all on pit board but now they can at least send you a warning and say like 93 faster like he's put slicks on and he's going faster than you are on the wets uh. and shit like that like and say if you're being followed or something like that but we never put the boys never tell me that or like if you're in the end of qualifying or whatever or you need time they'll put pit like come in the box now we need to like otherwise you're gonna have no time with the new tires so how does the um is that just in qualifying or in the races no you can have it in the race as well so did you swap bikes eh? and they can send like suggested map or the bike the bike does some calculations itself as well while you're riding it really so i can understand how much fuel you're using and it'll like it knows how long the race is going to be and like for example I don't know if you saw the race where I turned the fucking thing off on the grid. No. And I was fourth on the grid in Thailand. 
they swap they swap some buttons around and like i roll up and like we've got this whole shot device we have to pull so and like it was a new one so i couldn't twist it too hard and then i'm like fucking a little bit flustered where's my grid position right on the grid position the whole shot device is in fuck okay launch control and i just like as soon as my hand went back on the handlebar i immediately went like i go in the pit box and i fucking press the off button oh. turn the cunt off <laughs> fuck but then i did the whole race like i chased i caught back up i got like 13th or 12th and i caught back up but i did the whole race pushing by myself in thailand which is like a really like it's a lot of straights yeah so without the slipstream you use so much more petrol mm. and like from the fucking lap three or four it worked out fuck this gun's chewing way too much fuel <laughs> so i was like 10 horsepower down for the rest of the race oh so your bike just autos like no like it. you gotta change the map but uh, like I, when but the bike suggests you. me change fuel map it uh, means like you need you need to do this this is like obligatory obli- you're obligated obligated to do it yeah and uh so you gotta do it otherwise you won't fucking make the end of the race (laughs) and like i think even i did and it's fucking pretty good like i went slow on the warm down lap and i think we had about 200 grams worth of fuel really so that dude there so you're running some crazy data there's some nuts it's like so do you have to be a kind of guy that like enjoys the data side of it because to me i don't enjoy that i don't enjoy it i don't reckon i don't sit down and fucking study it day in day out but don't you reckon that'd help you if you did some people yes some people no i like to get the basics my boys what they do is like i just get them to print me out an overlay so like we've got all the other ducati so the factory boys everything they print me out on two a4 pieces of paper my lap and his best lap overlaid like that i'm in blue he's in red and i can see okay he's using more brake pressure here or more lean angle less spin this that the other but i got the two pieces of paper and i can hold them in my hands and i just yeah look through okay fuck yeah he's doing this he's you know picking the bike up a little earlier yeah and i can read all that off my paper but i like doing that because also when i look at the computer screen like trying to study my eyes are a bit shitty at that like especially for close range yeah and i just start fucking like tearing up and shit so <laughs> i hate looking at the computer screen i'd rather look at it on yeah. a4 paper yeah because i guess though you could say that it would and help. then but then i can take it back with me yeah to the motor home and as i'm sitting there and laying in bed whatever the night have a look quick look through it yeah have a little bit more so that it's fresh in your mind when you go to bed so you're sort of thinking about it and what's so what's subconsciously sort of, what sort of shit you can you learn just like yeah braking pressures just braking pressures like. lean angle how much power they're using also you can see how much their torque map is so how much power they're allowing to put through the bike ah so you can have fucking your grip like that but if the bike's only programmed for 60 percent torque oh so are you pretty much like full throttle all no, the time no, no, or no, no. so you're using you're it. managing it because if you're full throttle all the time everybody's going to be on the same fucking limit yeah but you can have it too much where it allows you to have too much and then you overspin so the best thing is like five percent spin is ideal yeah um it's like where you're getting the most amount of turn so you, cause oh, you try and turn because with it's the a rear. balance of like slide and slide traction and drive yeah five yeah. percent around what you want to keep yeah so you yeah. just try and work at that number was there there was a race this year where you like pretty much just lost the rear right you were in third for a bit and then you like yeah. lost the tires well yeah we get that sometimes as well with being yeah. on a satellite bike um so what's the sometimes what's the, the difference tires, there sometimes tires just don't work yeah okay so, so have you got different tires to the factory dudes no on paper they're the same but every now and then you might get hit with let's say a preheated tire something yeah. that somebody else has put on a rim at another race and then yeah it'll it would have been through fucking six or seven heat cycles pulled off the rim put back in a container sent to the other side of the world yeah and then you get it and the fucking thing's not the same as a brand new one uh, or even can come down to the ones that are sitting in top of the container yeah so on the top you know roasted. they're stacked they're sat in malaysia for fucking three or four weeks before we get there 
yeah just baking in the sun every day so the top ones are going to be a little harder than the bottom uh, dude it's, it's just crazy, luck of the draw crazy detail eh? what's the deal with the lean angle then like when you're studying the lean angle what are you looking for there like the thing is you don't want to have too much lean angle all the time because you just wear out the edge of the tire yeah. so if he's able to like have less time on full lean angle so he's using a different line you can sort of understand that from that kind of thing uh. so if he's like if i'm fucking full lean angle for a long time it's like you're trying to go into the corner too early yeah and you're having hold a lot of lean angle whereas he's prepping it boom use a little bit of turn from the rear and get the thing up off the edge as soon as possible yeah right how the fuck do you learn all this man just time so just that's takes time that so that really but see some of these spanish kids are doing since they're fucking since we were groms riding around the paddock in fucking townsville mm. you know six seven you do it's unreal now Frank, franco's seen it firsthand you've seen what those kids are like in europe there's kids walking around this big elbows on the ground head on the ground everything and you're like fuck me i'd only <laughs> dream of doing that when i was like 14 and you're doing it at this age it's just like, where are you gonna be yeah it's just different cultures did yeah yeah, yeah. But that teaches me to be like ken block <laughs> <laughs> dude it's so gnarly like the nuances when you break it down like the tiny tiny levels at which you can gain just fractions here tents there saving some tires saving some fuel more power like it just seems like endless the amount of oh, shit it is it is it is and you never get a perfect setting it's always something you can change mm. so, so it's like, just making a compromise yeah well i'm just thinking i'm like man what what would it be like if you like really because i'm a fucking nerd the reason i do good at jiu-jitsu is i just i fucking i was like a you white like studying belt. Yeah. yeah i was a white belt that could, i was like oh i know fucking so much shit about jiu-jitsu and mm. i talk to other people and they're just like they're not on the same level yeah. of like understanding might the be game higher, but they're not yeah right but but then it's like but physically to do it is so different because it's that and i know that now like you can't study time like you can put in time i don't study, I, but i've never really so sat different. down i hate sitting that's my one thing i hate doing is sitting down and fucking looking at lines all day i can't do it like i said i just get my paper and that's enough I, and i like even like i just had to change my guy and i have to explain to my new guy's good but i have to explain to him like i, I just want throttle traction like how much uh spin i've got lean angle back pressure front and rear suspension and then that's about it you yeah. know and speed you see your speeds and that's that's it can you get like can you get a lot faster over a weekend yeah or? well you do and the track's always getting better as well so just because there's more rubber more, down. more rubber more it's becoming cleaner yeah yeah so like it always is like that way but then on sunday the track for the race is always different so we always have to soften like before race because all weekend it goes moto three moto two uh moto three moto gp moto two and yeah. then generally on sunday it goes moto three moto two moto gp and the moto twos go out there and they're on dunlop as well as the moto three but the moto three don't leave any rubber or take any yeah but the dunlops basically sweep the track clean of any rubber so really the track for sundays always slippery very low grip especially in the first probably quarter of the race and then that means you got to soften the bike to try and get try more traction. And allow yeah to get some grip yeah so the dudes like like um lorenzo and valentino and those dudes are they 
Is there any guys that are in the pits? Because I, I really, I'm fucking MotoGP retarded. Like, I don't know that much shit about it. But are there guys in the pits where it's like, yeah, they're like full gnarly data dudes. Like, they're Valet, super... Valet is, a, he's, I think, well, from what I gather and from what I've heard, I don't know because I'm not in the box with them. Yeah. But they like to, like Valentino, I know my Pecco, Pecco my teammate, uh, yeah. Francesco Bagnaia, they like to sit down and look at the lines, but. That doesn't interest me. <laughs> the squiggly lines. I fucking love it, hey. You're just out there on fucking podiums and shit talking about squiggly lines. Got, got my paper. I just get my A4 <laughs> bit of paper and I'm good. Like, yeah. I get enough information out of that. I can see. And you're only limited. You, there's only, you can just lose yourself if you start looking yeah. at it too deep. That's my opinion anyway. Yeah, I so can I just see need that. to know the bare basics. I'm not a fucking engineer. I know mm. that. I'm, I have no qualms. I'm not a guy who builds bikes. I'm a guy who rides bikes. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be a setup. I don't want to tell you what you need to build. Yeah. I will tell you what the bike's doing and what I feel it needs to do. Yeah. That's it. I'm not there trying to re fucking invent the wheel. Yeah. Because that's not my position. Yeah. This guy's been in university and done everything that fucking he knows how to set that up. Yeah. That's why it's hard to to know because most of these guys have been, but some you can just work with and some you can't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. So do people know what you're doing for next year yet? Next year's just the same thing. So you're on Primax. Primax, same thing, but on the twenty one bike uh twenty bike. Yeah. Fuck, I'm starting to lose dates I here. Know, eh? yeah. Fuck, <laughs> it's bad this time of year. <laughs> it is, eh? But uh yeah, on the twenty bikes, on the latest model bike and uh it, so were you not on the latest model bike? No, this I was year? this year. Yeah, okay. So same thing. Yeah. But really took me to mid year to sort of understand and then also with the new development parts and stuff and like that. So the the twenty twenty bike looks awesome. I got to ride on it one day in Valencia and it feels good, I'll try it again as a pang. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, um, I did a one-year contract, my my own choice, because the last two contracts I've done, I've been stuck between a rock and a hard place and where I can go because mm. I haven't been synced up with everybody. There's been like three rides. Yeah. One or two you don't want. So uh-huh. I just did a one-year contract, try and sync, try up, and with ev- well, sync up with yeah. everybody else, and then yeah. we'll see. Yeah. And like, so ultimately, like, because you're still super young like you can be that's in the, the biggest thing like i've been here for a while and like it's crazy. i feel like a, one of the older dudes but yeah i'm fucking still one of the younger ones in the on the field yeah so like how much thought are you putting into the into the future because you can be just talking floor, fucking, sorry. yeah um because you can be in the sport for so long yeah well that's the thing i mean i look at guys like valentino but i don't want to be there till i'm 40 yeah i was gonna say like what what's like good for you like what do you want i'll be do? happy if i can race till i'm 30 maybe some more you know i fucking love riding motorbikes but i'd like to go and do something different yeah what would you do different don't know think something like that (laughs) thinks on my bucket list for sure dude i'll do think with you when you do it because i'm sort of kind of want my dad did think dad did did think on a husberg 650 but fucking he was like he was like real man like i think he was 46 years old he had no tendons in his knee he went to sleep in the van on the way out there with his knee up, like leg up flat on the van. Fuck. Couldn't even fucking walk to go to sign on. His knee blew up that big. He rode it. He was going good. And I think, what did he end up coming? 130th? That's all right. 600 Overall. dudes. Mm-hmm. But he crashed right as you come into the last bit, right in the stadium. They watered the clay there. Oh, yeah, I know exactly. What you're Lost about. the front. Oh, fucking a little bit fast, another 40 dude. dudes past like he was going to yeah it was KO I don't remember signing off or anything wow <laughs> and the worst thing was he borrowed my nice TLD helmet and fucking destroyed it he paid for it but <laughs> you made him pay for it yeah, no so. no he paid for it like it was he, he bought it for oh, me okay, but he's like yeah that. I'll use your helmet like we'd been to America 
for a holiday and like that was the thing we did when we were kids like you get a helmet out of america it's always gonna oh, be way yeah. cooler than you get anything anything back here in oz so yeah. i don't sick tld day in the dirt one i and, do remember uh, those things and uh yeah he wrote it off for the fink but uh but yeah, oh, so that's definitely on the bucket list the cape trip cape do you reckon you should do it in 21 depends when we do it when when would work i feel like we could december have to be December. Fuck, that'll be hot. It'll be hot. <laughs> yeah, but you're on a bike, so it's not bad. You're yeah, in the wind. Dude, it was hot. Like, every time we stopped. Dude, I, I come from up, like, halfway yeah, well, up. You, you know. I come from halfway you up, know. and I tell you, fucking putting in sprinklers yesterday was fucking hot. <laughs> I, you, you know it's hot when you're bending down, and it's just fucking a stream running off oh. the bridge of your nose. You're like, oh, it's warm. Dude, I, I trained on Monday for, because I've been off training pretty much, like, with all the supercrosses Super cross, and all everything the bullshit like that, yeah. having trained I went back there on Monday and I was just like we had the gi on like the big fucking pajamas that you gotta wear mm. and I was got up full dizzy wanted to spew spins, I couldn't even yeah. get my mouth guard out <laughs> I'm going like what are we doing here boys why like, are we here let's take, let's take the fucking yeah, it's been hot off. here as well though, yeah. it, this week it was like, like 38 f- the other day dude and still trying to train he said down in South Australia, what was it? Yes, say 46? Yeah, they got like gnarly heat 49. waves. 49. <laughs> Fuck that. Global warming. Yeah. <laughs> Must be happening. Um, so, what, yeah, so you're. They're not the polar ice caps. Don't they have like more ice on them now than ever? I don't know, man. I don't fucking look into it. Me neither. Though. I mean, I, if it happens, it happens. What are we going to do? <laughs> you know, know what I mean? Stop fucking, stop driving heaps exactly. of Exactly. <laughs> just chill and start fucking cruising yeah but that volcano erupted the other that's fucking 30 years worth of man-made emissions right there bang in the atmosphere yeah true sure we'll be fine (laughs) jack miller dropping that knowledge son yeah we'll be right so yeah you reckon what what do you what can you see for your MotoGP career like visualizing the future i want i want to try and be champion you know a lot of people say it but i feel i feel i can do it if i keep the right attitude and keep doing what i'm doing and just keep progressing every year i'm getting better and better and I feel, you know, I can challenge for wins or, or, or maybe even a championship. You know, it's such a hard thing to do. Oh, it's yeah. a long thing over, you know, now 20 races, it's oh, going to be hard. Crazy, so. eh? But that's the main goal. And then, yeah, retire back to beautiful old Townsville, pick races that I'd like to do. Fuck around, I'll find something else to do. <laughs> I just I won't, like st- I won't stop. won't stop doing shit, that's for sure. On. I just love, like, some people, money changes them. And money and fame and all that. You just, you genuinely don't give a fuck. Like, there's, I, I don't know that I've met, I've met a lot of fucking people. I don't know that I've met anyone that's on your level of not giving a fuck <laughs> about all of the bullshit that comes with being. Like, you're one of the baddest dudes in the world. On a, on a two-wheeled thing, you're one of the baddest dudes in the world and you get paid fucking well to do it. And it's like, it just hasn't genuinely, like... Oh, so many people say thank you that's, that means a lot but but ah. so many people say oh it doesn't really affect me and I don't really think you are, it actually doesn't fucking affect you like well I just built my dream house and my dream house is a shed my shed's bigger than my house I showed you last night yeah, it's I so on the cool. Facebook it's bigger than my house because that's what I like I like having a big shed I like to tinker go and sit in the shed and tinker was, as soon as I like we put the roof inside on it the other day and I'm like, man, I'm going to build so much cool shit in here. <laughs> and it won't be cool shit. It'll be shit like AUs and stuff like that. It's not fun stuff, but I mean, fun to us. Yeah. I get a kick out of it. So like being like that dude though, what keeps you like, is it hard to go through like, cause it's serious shit. Like it's a serious thing. It's big money. It's big pressure. It's oh, big so, companies. You know, you've got massive companies on your back and like you do have to, when it's crunch time, you got to work. Yeah you gotta work so like the last couple of years i go 
do have my fun in Australia. I keep cycling and I cycle to the coffee shop nearly every morning. You know, from home down the beach, I go, it's like 50k each way. Ah, 50k. Yeah. Well, 55 there and back. I tell mum and dad at 60. Then <laughs> dad's not on my back because he's still on my back now. You cycle this morning. <laughs> not today, dad. I'm having a week off. Just relax. <laughs> I'm right? having beers at two yes, every day. <laughs> exactly. Dude, I am having a beer. It is far too hot. <laughs> but like, like the last couple of years, I'm going out again to America and going train. I tra- trained the last like three years with. Uh, oh, you were w- training with Woody and Osho, yeah. those boys, and Peter Adderton from Boost. Yeah, they've been unreal. Like bunch and Johnny Lash, they're all just legends out there. They look <laughs> after the big man, Johnny, man. the big tree, but, <laughs> the uh, big tree himself. But uh, no, they all look after me, and like I love going out there. And so that shit breaks. They it are up. gnarly. They are gnarly dudes. Yeah, they like. do train hard. So I go out there and. And also, it's good for me because I know what level they're on because they are fucking consistent. They're yeah. the same every day. Yeah. They will be because they recycle every day. Yeah. And they're at that age where they're not still going better. They're just maintaining. You yeah. Know, they're at the same peak. Yeah. So the first couple of days you get there, you're struggling a bit to follow with them. And then at the end of it, start to push them a little bit. Yeah. Ward is an animal. He'll, he will die before he lets you beat him. <laughs> no way, darling. And, um, but uh, no, I mean, so I go out there and it's like a good like thing to do like a bit I'll of a boot it. camp sort of deal i do it just before i go to the first test so i go direct from there to the first test and i know i'm ready then when i get to the first test because how fit do you have to be on those bikes quite fit the fucking things that cook you they're yeah, so yeah. hot especially in places like malaysia and thailand mm. so the heat's just the a heat's huge a massive factor the bike's heavy as fuck the brakes like i mean you carbon brakes they try and flip you over the fucking handlebars it's really? not, not oh it's fucking the amount straight like honestly i'm losing weight at the minute like i sit around i sit around like 68 69 most of the season i'm losing weight at the minute because my as soon as i stop riding my shoulders yeah, yeah, shrink yeah. my arms shrink everything's so the chest starts shrinking so yeah right you get to the first race or so first test of the season yeah they are fucking it's unreal a, unreal it's not normal how much power they have and how much stopping power because you got the grip there you got the weight over the rear it's kind of they're kind of just like the fastest car ever they are but you just ride them instead they of driving are. well they're just fucking a rocket ship like where are you going up where you got more than 300 horsepower we are sitting on about like they, they don't give you an exact number but i know we're around like 320 now horsepower is it crazy to think because this is what blew my mind on the cape trip like i'm i'm not i'll tell everybody i'm not a fucking fast rider i don't want to go super fast but that the thing uh the cape trip by the end of it i'm just like on the stop just fucking on the valves yeah. but just not even thinking about it is it scary to you like how fucking fast you go and how normal it you feels? don't you don't notice it until it goes wrong really yeah i don't know if you've seen the one have you seen the, my crash in the mine no have you got youtube yeah what do i type in jack miller crash just search jack miller crash dude uh, then i'll show you what going wrong is all right we're doing it jack miller crash it's probably gonna be the first one to come up it will be it went viral it, did. it does every year around the same time <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah we go give us a look yeah it says it here bro come on so oh, I, where the fuck were you going? Oh. I got up and rode not even 10 minutes after that. I had to go out for qualifying. Fuck. Dude, actually, I remember seeing that. It went everywhere. I remember that. It helmet. went everywhere. But basically, they, I think they played in slow-mo after. Oh, after. So what happened? Did your foot so come I was off trying, the inside? No, I was trying to use a, a harder front tyre. It was a little chilly. Yeah. And just like the last couple of corners aren't that... So that side of the tire and then I grabbed the brakes mid corner first took turn like you literally go in there six gear flat and then you grab the brakes as you're on the angle and yeah. it went, 
Just lost tight. the front, and then I fucking thought I was crashing. So you basically let go, and then the country grab, grab, oh. grab. There you go. And then the thing that saved oh, my life here, the thing that saved my life here is the lump in the grass kicked the ass up. Because I was only looking at that wall. I didn't even know there was another wall. Oh, wow, dude. Look at the thing here. The lump in the grass is what saved my life, Ready? Bang. So how did that save you? Because it just it kicked whipped you me so much. into that wall, and then I could at least fucking rail the wall instead of hitting it because that was fucking like right there if i'd hit that straight on i was dead yeah so you then I tumbled, straight into I the tumbled fence. into this wall here bang you watch me hit it bang oh. and a bike got me as well at the end there fucking bits of the bike hit me so like so that it was, just that was probably the scariest one like it, i didn't even i did my hand that was it really that one there in my hand that was it when do you remember what was going through your mind at that point <laughs> like i'm dead pretty much like i was like fuck this is not good so it just as soon as it went and like you instantly focus on that wall you're like holy fuck that's close this is not going to be good and like you're just trying to turn it but you got slicks on grass it's not it's not a good feeling so how like so is that the moment where it feels like you're going that's super when it fast. feels like you're going real fast really when you're going to try and stop and you're going that fast when you're not on the asphalt or you're not on the bike anymore so that wall would look like it's come like instantly right instantly. there fuck that's scary that, that's how that. you know when you're getting fast when shit starts to go wrong that's when you know you're going wrong is that your worst is that your worst crash you've ever had or just the scariest that was the scariest one the world i've had fucking dude back and legs and fucking everything generally like last injuries have all been outside of motor gp though yeah like the one i was telling you after tanley last one was on a trials bike at home fucking around <laughs> like right before japan i had to miss japan literally i lost the front on grass just put my leg out to stop it from like walking pace yeah but my leg just jarred and fucking split my tibia down the front oh. like oh that's that one there so i still got the steel in there i need to get that out oh and we go to collarbone collarbones they're both that one there that one there the elbow that was black river supercross what'd you do there what's his name that was i think joel dinsdale landed on me that was that oh one. really that was that one and then it was getting good and me and Pity were fucking around at home literally had like a week left with the wires in my arm because that wires holding the whole humerus together wow and I was fucking around where the grader had been down the road I was riding my bike and literally I just wasn't that tall on 85 and I went to do a U-bolt and the fucking front wheel hooked like the edge where the grader had been yeah. and just went that way yeah I just fell over walking pace and fucking rebent it all like a banana oh had to go back to the hospital <laughs> that's too many yeah, no, nah, too fine. many. It's not fun, dude. That you black, good at it. that Black River Stadium, man. Like I remember, I remember crashing there one year, and it it was like the fence was so close to the track. But yeah, I I I hit the cunt one. Yeah, yeah, my bike hit it, and I ended up bailing. It was off the it. one that the like the the rodeo fence too. It was like yeah, yeah, solid the rodeo steel fence. Yeah. fence. Like it was not like flexy at all. It was, <laughs> kung, you hit it and it go. Kung. <laughs> I, I, my back wheel went like up off the side of a jump like just got kicked off so i bailed and there was a huge puddle on the outside of it i remember landing like in, in knee deep worth of slop my fucking bike just smashed the fence hey i remember thinking like why is this fucking thing so close why is it yeah they used to squeeze it in there that's for sure i had a big one there one year like it was a double full step on step off and i sort of landed a little bit wheel high on the double <laughs> feet came off the back and just whiskied into the step on step off and like launch from one side to the other but like mid flight i had no legs on the bike mid flight i had to let go it was <laughs> not a good experience <laughs> i pretty much left there every year and i remember 
the one year I went there, me and Jats battled, and then Jats had a race at his place the like weekend after or something. Pete, yeah, I remember that. And Pete said, like, because me and Jats were like having a pretty decent battle in, in yeah. Black River, and Pete's like, yeah, you need to come up, need to come up, and went up to his place. Like I made it through, like the first year I made it through Black River, and I went to his place and fucking wrote myself off there instead. Dude, what what <laughs> jump was that on? I can't even remember to be honest. Like me and Pity went up there, and I can't even remember what fucking. What jump it was, but I remember leaving there in a fair bit of pain. Didn't go to the hospital though. Oh yeah. Dad never took me. I never went to the hospital. <laughs> like when we were out of out of town. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going. We're fucking driving home. Remember when they? Do you remember when KDM did that uh, KDM Cup yeah. years ago? Yeah. Down in they did it here in fucking. Um, it was at Coolum, wasn't it? Nope. At. Uh, oh, Reedy Creek. Reedy Creek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Reedy Creek and first race I went good. Second race, me and Wade got tied up I was going to say Wade was the man oh didn't Wade win that year nah because me and him got tied up in turn one in the second race and like he had to win the overall and he didn't win the overall yeah he did win it one year though yeah, because he, he raced the next world, year yeah he raced world minis and then Matt Hunter went over and raced the B class his brother oh, yeah. and he won the B class bullshit that year. yeah yeah Matt and uh he had yeah. a fucking good style like. I left there I don't know if you remember Reedy Creek but there was two yeah. tabletops in a row yeah before the 100 footer and I landed from one track, like pissed off got up what? just sent it sent it landed on the face of the second one just blew my leg to pieces like four tip and fib in four places <laughs> and dad literally I remember picked me up while well, we went oh, they had the little medical block there and he's like yeah nah you'll be right and I was like yeah I'll be right and dad took me back to the motorhome he's like right I'm going to watch Hayden's last race and then we'll go uh, this is no word of a lie <laughs> like, you could even ask like Jake Wright and those guys because they were down on the fucking start line uh. I got my boot back on we were parked on a bit of a hill pushed out of my bike off the fucking hill rolled down I'm sitting there idling had to peg on the bars everything just idling at the at the start gates waiting to go for the waiting to go out like there was uh, another bikes on the line but we had the pegs already and the old man come up to me and goes what are you doing well, I'm racing <laughs> He goes, hey, uh. <laughs> yeah, and he just put his hand on the kill switch and turned the bike on. He goes, you want to race? You start the bike. I said, yep, right on. <laughs> kicked it one time and I was like, fuck, and it didn't start. So he kicked it second time. It started, but I collapsed on handlebars. Eh? Like, really? Like, He's like, yep, yeah, back to the car, mate. Oh, that's Pulled in the car, went home, got home Monday, and mum's like, ah, I'll take you tomorrow to the hospital. I'm like, yeah, right on. Go to the hospital tomorrow. Nah, need an operation. Some of the bones have started setting in the wrong spot, so oh. we need to pull them. Nightmares like that, dude. It's a long drive with a broken leg, I tell you. That's like Maddie broke his leg at Hatter, and they were like... Um, Not going to hospital out here. Oh, well, they, they said to him, he's like, oh, I'm pretty sure I broke my leg, eh? And then they're like, nah, nah, I reckon you'd be in more pain. And Matt's like, all right, whatever. Mm. And then they're like, you could have done your ACL. Matt's like, no, nah, I'm in pain. Like, it fucking hurts. Like I know what I'm leg, yeah. And then they're you like, get that they're sharp doing spike the, up your fucking oh, yeah. up your thing. They're doing the ACL test on his leg. And then the poor cunt, he drove. Dad's like, just said the same thing. He's like, because that, that's the shit thing. Like, even at Adelaide. At least like, if you get home, you get home, yeah. right, you know. Dad or mum can come and help you. Yeah. Dad can go back to work. Well, we learned that lesson because Matty had to stay in Townsville for 10 days when he did his that kidney. Oh, I was so shit. But yeah, dad's like, look, we'll just get home. So yeah, Matty had to drive home from. Yeah, from I mean, Hatter. kidney's kind of a one that you do. <laughs> I reckon you'd have to probably go to hospital, but leg, you can muscle through it. Wait, when, when I had my kidney go down at 
I was in Clipsal because I got like crazy sick. Really? Like, oh, I was fucked. I, I elbowed my ribs snowboarding. Like I was in Lake Tahoe mm-hmm. in the States. Mm-hmm. This old this old lady, fuck, it was funny. She looked like a pink Power Ranger, bro. She was like this like probably 50-year-old. Dressed up in a little puff. Oh, puff puffy pink shit, the whole head to toe. And I was coming out of the trees off, there's like a, a road sort of thing. And I jumped off the road and then down onto like the ski slope. And I was hooking out of this thing and come down, jump the road. And as, as soon as I was in the air, I saw her get up. And then she was like, oh, like couldn't really stop. And I'm just going, I uh-huh. am going to fucking plow this chick so bad. And then I've like, I just sort of tried to turn in the air, but I just got real off balance. And I landed like with my Nose front first. front edge. Nah, like just too, like not enough edge to bite into the snow. Mm. And it just went out from under me and I, I curled up like that and basically just belly flopped onto the snow elbowed myself in the ribs i lost everybody i I didn't know where anyone was i had to get all the way down the mountain got down there laid in the back of my truck and i was fucked like it was bad went home that night pissing blood spewing blood and then my buddy wes is like we gotta take you to the hospital dude and i was like do not fucking take me to the hospital not in america dude i'm not going to hospital here i was like man i'm a fuckwit if i die I'm not leaving my parents with like a million dollar hospital bill. Like this ain't worth it. We ain't got that kind of money. I'm so not that, doing that to Pete. No, nah, I was like shaking and shit. Like I was in so much pain. Anyway, long, long story short, I ended up, I got better. Like I got like the next day I sort of woke up good. and I, I was like, I'm all right. I wasn't good, but I felt all right. And then I was like, nah, I'm sweet. I drove all the way home from Tahoe back to California. And then I had like these few Red Bull gigs that I was like, didn't want to miss out on. And um, so then anyway, worked for a bit. Get, and then by the time I was like ready to go back to Oz, I was fucked. Like I was yellow, dude. Like I was <laughs> kidney <laughs> failure. Full just... kidney failure. So anyway, I get back to Australia. I come back looking like a fucking Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> There's a photo, bro. Because all, all I, I was mad in the golf. And uh, me and Jeremy Malot, we planned, we used to go to um, to Scottsdale every year mm-hmm. for the Arizona, golf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, we'd go hang out with Ricky and then we'd go to the, Ricky had always come to the Supercross and we'd go to the golf Ricky with Fowler. Him, Fowler yeah, yeah, I remember the first one I went to, he was in the Rebel Suite. Yeah, he's a fucking G, bro. Unreal. Yeah, he is like, and he's he's like you, like full moto kid and then he's he went He's a really off. nice guy. Yeah, fuck yeah. So I was like hanging out, I was like, I'll go home right after Scottsdale. And uh, because like we just had the most fun. That was still to this day, actually, even though I was sick as fuck. That was one of the funnest weekends of my life. And um, anyway, go home. Barely got on the plane, bro. I took like two Xanax to get on the plane. (laughs) Double dropping Xanis. Yeah, double dropping Xanis, bro. And then the the funny thing, the chick, or not that funny, but the chick's like, I don't know how you got home. So anyway. How how did your kidney not explode on the fucking plane? Oh, bro. So I get i land and then i was like oh actually i feel i'd have days where i'd feel good and not good and then um when i got home i felt all right and then this was like when maddie was sort of really getting into the v8 thing and he's like oh can you come fly in and shoot some photos for me and help me out for clipsal and um i was like yep sweet got on the plane to fucking clipsal i still didn't have an aussie number or nothing and um get off the plane every cunt is freaking out and um they're like because I went and got some blood tests done the day I landed. Oh, so no one could get a hold of you nah. and say, your fucking kidney's done. Oh, yeah. So I get to the race and then I'm like hanging out with Maddie and Troy Brosnan. Anyway, 10 minutes from being at the track, Ma, uh, the, the fucking doctor calls Maddie's phone and I just see Maddie like, his face just go like, what? 
and they're like you need to get your brother to the like get an ambulance for your brother right now he could fucking die at any minute like he's not good and i felt fucked like, <laughs> like i didn't feel that good at all and uh, that is a snitch oh and then i just met troy brosnan and like two minutes into meeting this cunt man he's just like troy we gotta get Jace to the hospital troy's freaking out and um anyway i just said look i'll fuck it i'll just get a cab (laughs) so i get a cab to the adelaide hospital and this cabbie's in this cab telling me how shit his day was (laughs) and i'm just sitting in here laughing like i'm fucking better to die i could die on you i'm like you got no idea bro and you just think oh meanwhile you're thinking at least i'm in australia i'm not gonna get a fucking million dollar bill oh yeah so anyway i i got stuck in adelaide hospital for like 12 days they wouldn't let me go i had an operation there to try and mm. I'd end, I never knew I only had one kidney so I've been running on one my whole life bullshit yeah born with one fucking kidney so the fucking got stitched up heavy there heavy dude so I just they rip you off yeah big time get a Fuck refund or Pete man shit Pete. is gonna, but yeah so get a refund on that but yeah I got stuck in Adelaide for 10 I had to check myself out because I was going fucking mental bro like I just couldn't deal with it eh and then mum yeah it's nuts dude yeah mum ended up flying down for a couple of days and then but the problem was is my blood pressure wouldn't go down so they're I just like stayed up yeah and I was on like I had like a crash cart and shit like one of the nights I just fucked out <laughs> like I come out of surgery and I was in I was in like the I remember waking up in like the post-op thing and then I just started shaking like out of control like I was freezing to death but I was sweating and the ladies how bad like, do you feel in that when you come out of that post-op though oh that was the worst I've ever felt because I legit just thought Those I was gonna post-op die off a fucking the, the last one I had like it's shit getting uh, operations in other countries and when they did that fucking one on my ankle because it was that fucked did you get that operated on in america uh, no in spain i get pretty much all of them done in spain they've got a really good doctor there but the nurses and shit are all the nurses and shit are all speak spanish don't really speak english so you never learn the language no i get i get by yeah okay with a little help from my friends i dabble (laughs) but uh i was there and like they had to put so much uh, metal and shit in so what they did was they put an epidural in, in my your back, back in my back fuck but I come out and like they didn't tell me they were putting epidural and nothing I come out I'm seedy as shit and like it's freezing I mean Baltic I'm there fucking like you say shaking and like probably just having withdrawals from all the shit that they just yeah, put through true eh? and they're like um, the lady comes up to me you can go upstairs when you can move your move your toes wobble your toes and I'm like alright I'll just fucking do it now, enough yeah. Yeah. And I'm like <laughs> and my fucking legs wouldn't move neither one I'm like what the fuck is going on here what and I didn't know I had an epidural and I did, never even had an epidural before I'm like sitting You've there you never going, been pregnant my legs are fucked <laughs> I can't even move my feet I said what have they done <laughs> They've gone for an operation on my ankle. They fucked me back. And I'm there, like, trying to, my good fucking leg. I'm, like, lifting it up and it won't stay up. And I'm like, what is this? Next minute they come and they're like, oh, no. And I said, I can't move. Like, no, no, you got to have me do it. I said, well, she told me I've been here fucking panicking for the last half hour trying to move my feet. <laughs> And you were telling me I got an epidural in my back. There's like a blockage. I can't do anything. Yep. Oh, dude, it's the worst. Those rooms. I hate them. Your throat's always just fucking Dry, red raw yeah. too. They just been jamming those pipes down your throat. <clears throat> Fuck. Well, this thing that my blood pressure was like two forty eight or something like retarded. <laughs> and then I'm on all these like blood pressure meds to like get it down. And then they're like, yeah, we can't give you anything else. And the lady's like, 
you're gonna have to calm down relax and i was like man the only thing that's making me not calm is you in my fucking face like leave me alone like just let me put some music on or something but yeah and then like just got worse and worse and i felt calm like that was the weird thing as i was all right with it and I was just shaking, dude. Like, they had to hold me on the bed. Just like, because I was, I was about to have a stroke. Yeah. So, yeah, then they ended up, they took me, I got it under control. They have to sedate you or not? Yeah, so in the end, so I got it under control in the post-op. And then I just did, like, heaps of breathing and shit. I was just, like, trying everything I could just to, like, figure it down, out. Yeah. And, um, and then uh, they ended up taking me up to the post-op room. And then um, as soon as, uh, sorry, into my own room again. And then as soon as I got up there, man, like it, just, I just went again, bro. Like just fucking legs are going everywhere. At least they weren't there. Oh, mum was freaking out, man. Mum like runs out into the hallway. And the worst thing is my business partner in America. I was just called my mum like, oh, how's Jace? Like after the operation, she's like, yeah, he's good. And then like, and then I just start losing it. And then she's like, fuck, he's not good. And like she drops the phone and like, no, nah, leaves it on. And so my business partner's in fucking America, man, on the phone, just like hearing all this commotion, like the like you're gonna have to get out liz and all this shit to mom and mum's like thinking i'm gonna die i'm thinking i'm gonna die i just remember laying back going fuck this like I was, i'm off it i was over it eh? i am off it <laughs> and then they end up oh, they, they end oh up well, you don't have to have dialysis or anything like that no nah, it'd come back good man perfect they said i'd be on blood pressure medication my whole life and i took it for like four weeks and then i was like sorted itself out i was like yeah fuck this we'll figure it out sorted her just like you jack you'll mate, figure it out just fuck it we'll work it out <laughs> cross well, that bridge well mate we just did three hours brother all right oh, i appreciate the shit Thanks out of you me. Oh, yeah i really appreciate you coming on good times go downstairs eh? should we go carry on <laughs> like pork chop well, second hand whippersnipper <laughs> well done jack yeah. i enjoyed your podcast and uh thanks let's, mate let's, let's go and we'll party. have to do this again whenever you want i think right, i think we've got a few trips coming up yeah. actually we might we'll, you might turn into we'll get some, some content we'll get some content going you might turn into like the actual rider version of sam moore because sam's like my recap dude for yeah. like every event you might be like the, you might be he's the like new recap he's like dude. your rider at the minute but you know it's sammy we yeah. can't we can't say too much yeah you're, nah, awesome you're gonna be the you're gonna be the event recap dude from now on for well, i can tell you shit. i can tell you the good shit of, of the events i find the good places adam <laughs> i'm like sam that's why me and sam get along like i met him at supercross and i was like you are now like we just it was like the stepbrothers <laughs> we just become best friends like <laughs> man you we can get into places we got some places uh, just just talk your way in dude uh, rebel hat on in the monster suite hey how you going <laughs> you know just go <laughs> we just did lappies it was great uh, all right let's go get in some trouble cheers